Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. Morning all. Um, a story that uh, I first saw yesterday made the Independent online and uh, it continues to uh, do quite well actually with the people viewing it and that is the story of the lad from Ackle Island, 14-year-old Joseph McGinty from Ackle Island in County Mayo. Now, um, the watchdog, the medicines watchdog has come out and said that COVID jabs are safe. The inquest, though, did raise questions about his death. Um, And what we know at this stage is that uh, the teenager died, the 14-year-old died, Joseph McGinty, three weeks after receiving the Pfizer jab. Uh, No cause of death was read into evidence at the hearing, Um, but he was vaccinated on the 20th of August last year and then suffered significant medical deterioration, according to the inquest hearing. And the coroner said that there appeared to be either a reaction or a significant change in his medical circumstances following the vaccine. He went on to say that death was an issue of significant public concern. That Joseph McGinty's death was an issue of significant public concern. And it said in the inquest that they would... The the inquest requires considerable investigation into the vaccine, the effects of the vaccine, and also the effects on the vaccine on Joseph McGinty, according to the coroner. Um, So his health deteriorated rapidly after he had the vaccine and he died three weeks after it. And it's a story that the Independent Online and Deedham Print has been carrying over the past uh, 24 hours. It's tragic, but certainly I think there were a lot more questions need to be answered with regards to uh, his death or the safety of vaccines. Um, And indeed, if there are other people who are suffering after uh, vaccines, Thoughts on that are always welcome. Text 0868104106. And it's absolutely scandalous, the price gouging that goes on. I suppose it happens all over the world, but we're primarily interested in us when it, when it happens to us. And, you know, uh, pump prices, and I know they have come down somewhat. Uh, and I think if, if I were to kind of generalize, uh, the average price of a litre of petrol now is in and around 177 a litre. It's down about 7 cent compared to October. So 177 for petrol, 196 is the average for diesel. But the profits being made are just absolutely obscene. Um, even from the point of view of electricity, there's been a 52% fall in the cost of wholesale electricity last month. Why hasn't that been passed on? 52% drop in the cost of wholesale electricity. 27% drop in the cost of wholesale electricity in the month of September. So, like, uh, September and October, vast drops. Um, 37% cheaper uh, compared to a year ago. But, yeah, things are just still insanely high. So, their gross profits are right, absolutely gross. And they look at the hike in electricity bills then last month, um, 28% hike. Um, And your electricity bill is 72% higher than it was a year ago, even though there's been uh, an absolute falling off a cliff drop in the price of electricity and gas on the wholesale market. And then they t- I just, I don't understand it. I mean, I just think that, that, that that's got to be illegal. You know, it's got to be price gouging. And it's not, it just doesn't seem right to me. But mind you, there could be money made from this windfall tax. They talk an awful lot about it, don't they? They figure that the windfall tax that the government would put in place against energy providers could bring in $2 billion uh, in taxes. Mind you, they'd probably just end up just wasting that. Uh, the Echo this morning leads with rent. Uh, they had a quick deep dive in the Echo as to how many properties are actually available to rent all across Munster. This is no longer just Cork City and County now. This is Munster. 267 homes for rent 
all across Munster on the first day of November, according to daft.ie. And they say, uh, and I was talking about this yesterday, that the average rent for a home in Cork City now is €1,708. So it's €1,708 across the city, and the average rent in the county is 1305 Uh, It's insane. And then there are a lot of different court reports making the papers. One is quite alarming. Actually, there was, um, apparently, I have to say, there was an 11-year-old girl visiting Trabogan in East Cork, uh, sexually assaulted by a 37-year-old man at the amusement arcade. I won't go into the details. It's just too upsetting, but... It's a case before the Cork Circuit uh, Criminal Court this morning. Uh, there also um, is a, a very other, another very disturbing story. And this, I don't mean to put the fear of God into, into people, although I do talk about it a lot. And the latest court case has to do with an 85-year-old man. Uh, he's lying in bed at his home in Skahard Road uh, when he's confronted in the bedroom, looking down at him, a man and a woman. They say, we don't want to hurt you. Where is the money? So this pair at the end of the bed, uh, incidentally, it turned out in court that they ransacked the house. Uh, the 85-year-old man who was on his own at home, uh, the house was ransacked, but he didn't want to make uh, any kind of victim victim impact statement in court. But, uh, but anyway, so the pair, both addicted to crack cocaine and heroin, uh, had habits that cost €500 Euro a day between them. Right. So the two intruders, Liam Hurley, age 40, and Apollo Canty, age 29, uh, but Apparently, the pensioner's response to them is he asked them to leave, and they did. Um, So, uh, the judge then imposed three-year sentences on the two, with the last year suspended on both of them. So, as a vulnerable person at home, down on the Skahard Road, lying in bed alone. Um, Anyway, guards very quickly moved on this, because they'd seen them earlier... um, kind of out of it and they were watching their behaviour so they caught them and they caught them within an hour in Anglesey Street and apparently they got most they got most of the money back most of it uh, it's like 4,300 euro had been taken from the house that of course is another question for another day why people keep those kind that some those kind of sums of money at home in cash and it, and it is a generational thing and unfortunately a lot of the time it's older generations that keep cash they still very much use cash and they keep it and I suppose if you're if you're older too one of the worries of course is people don't want to go out as much so they keep significant amounts of cash just to pay bills and shop and and do things like that. So that in itself is a problem. But when you look at the story, crack cocaine and heroin addiction, in the case of the two of them, one of them had um, a crack and cocaine heroin addiction that was costing €200 a day to feed, and the other had um, a crack cocaine and heroin addiction that was costing €300 a day to feed. That's over two grand a week that you need to find just to feed your crack cocaine and your heroin addiction. Is it any wonder that they resort to robbery and burglary and breaking into people's homes and also targeting the elderly for the quick money? So it's very interesting because one of them, Canty, had 137 previous convictions, including one for burglary and 83 for theft. And Hurley had 155 convictions, including four counts for burglary. So there was history there. Um, They'll be cooling their heels for a couple of years in jail because of it. But it's an extraordinary amount of money. You need to find every week, you've got to find €2,100 somewhere every single week. You're literally engaged in criminality all of the time just to feed a crack cocaine and heroin addiction. There is an interesting hospital story on Leaside and that's St. Stephen's Hospital will be approved by the Cabinet as Cork's newest hospital. Apparently it will uh, have a capacity for 180,000 procedures, surgical procedures every year. It'll have like something like nine operating theatres and a lot of minor operating theatres. There'll be 300 staff there uh, once it is open, uh, built and open. But as to when that will be, 
who knows it's very interesting because there's a lot of court cases coming uh, down the track with regard well there's two anyway for sure with regards to the Netflix um, streaming uh, portrayal uh, of the murder of Sophie Toscan de Plantier because Ian Bailey's ex is suing Netflix it's on the front of this morning's mail this of course is Jules Thomas who didn't actually take part in the show Bailey did to an extent he cooperated and uh, probably went on to regret it afterwards but Sophie a murder in West Cork which was streaming on Netflix last year so anything that they used with regards to Jules Thomas if I remember correctly was just court reporting and uh, and, and um, you know TV reports and and video footage and stuff like that. But she's very unhappy with the way that she's been portrayed in the show. So she's suing Netflix. But she's not the only person that's suing Netflix because um, you know the people who made the podcast? That would be Sam Bungie and Jennifer Ford. They have also, and that would be um, their Sophie Toscan de Plantier uh, podcast, um, which is superb if you haven't heard it. I highly recommend it. Mur- you know, Murder in West Cork. They're also suing um, Netflix, and that makes the papers today as well. But it's not the only people that are suing. I did read somewhere, I don't know where I put it, that um, a buddy of Colin McGregor is suing him because he says that he's entitled to 5% of the profits for uh, Colin McGregor's whiskey. I don't have the story in front of me, but apparently he claims that he's entitled to 5% of the millions that Colin McGregor is making on it because it was his idea in the first place. Papers also this morning talk of issues regarding um, Turkey this side of Christmas. There isn't going to be a shortage of Turkey and everybody is saying that, but there has been a second outbreak of bird flu. Not too far actually from the first one. One farm is only 300 yards from the other. And it's interesting because when you look at people in employment are trying to get jobs, and I spoke about this yesterday, we're also sharing stories of it on Facebook this morning. Graduate employment is higher now than pre-COVID letter levels. And those who come out with and graduate from college um, are getting jobs faster and more of them. 82% get a job within within nine months. I mean, nine months is long enough to me, I think, waiting around to try and get a job. But they're saying that's faster than it was pre-COVID. But what bothers me about the story in The Independent is that there's still a gender pay gap remaining, particularly for graduate employees. I've no idea why if you're doing the same job and you just happen to have, um, you know, a, a different sex or a different gender. But apparently it's still stubbornly um, unbalanced. And men earn uh, €40,556 compared with women earning 35790 So there's a difference there, nearly five grand, uh, And I don't understand why. Um, and it's not fair. The junior cert comes out today, five months after the exam. Good luck to anybody that's has sat it and is waiting on their results. You might have them by now. And you know we talk about the term antisocial behaviour in in cities. If you look primarily at Dublin and Cork, Dublin's an awful lot worse, but it's an awful lot bigger. It's a pretty rough place, uh, particularly uh, at night. Um, mind you, e- even by day, you see the walking dead moving around. Uh, but Dublin's business owners now apparently have come together to fund community wardens. Another word for community policing, I suppose, that the businesses will have to pay for um, to observe and report antisocial behaviour. This came up at a Dublin City Council meeting last night. It's a front page you're making this morning's Irish Times that things are so bad now that they have to fund their own community wardens. I don't know what powers they would have or how seriously they would be taken on the streets, but it feels as if they have no choice but to do that. And the papers also take on, talk an awful lot about the World Cup um, and if it wasn't bad enough that ex-Wales foot, that Wales footballers are being told what to do with regards to what they can put on their arm and they can't Fans have also been banned and told to take off uh, rainbow hats, LGTB hats as they head in through uh, stadiums to go to various matches. And of course, Roy Keane, 
This is Kino's World Cup as far as I'm concerned. The Irish team may not be there, but Kino certainly is. And his punditry is absolutely uh, fantastic. And he's got another couple of examples this morning, which I'll uh, drill into in a few minutes' time. There are other stories making the papers and online as well, which I'll come back to. Very interesting, though. Uh, a lot of fashion-related stories making the news today. Brown Thomas are looking for your second-hand handbags. And they'll give you money for your second-hand handbags. They have a new um, exciting service inside in town. It's called Full Circle. And they're saying they're delighted to introduce the Full Service Circle in-store, offering customers and a new approach to fashion. You have an opportunity to exchange, they call them your pre-loved bags. I call them second-hand handbags. Uh, for a Brown Thomas gift card, which can be spent in-store or online. Now... <laughs> I'm assuming that you can't bring any kind of second-hand battered handbag and they'll give you a voucher for it. But it might be worth a try. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Text 0868104106. So there's that, there's that and lots more besides. But overnight, last night, another fire. I say another fire because from what I can work out, it's the third fire in the general area of the Docklands. It's the R and H Hall buildings. In this case, it was an office in the Docklands. But you might have heard Lano O'Connor reporting the news this morning. It's the second blaze at the same site in recent weeks. There was another one there on the 10th of November. And in January of last year, there was another one uh, when the Port of Cork had to be evacuated after a huge fire broke out at the same premises. What people are asking this morning online, because we've been sharing the story, as to whether there's anything suspicious going on in the area. Once, twice, and now three times. Fire Brigade did, Fire Brigade did respond. They could still be there, actually, as far as I know. Victor Shine is the second officer. He joins me by phone. Victor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And it looks like a bad one. Um, looking at the video footage, even from a distance, it looks as if the entire building's been destroyed. Am I right? Yeah, there was a section of the office space, a standalone space was completely involved, which means completely on fire and out to the roof when we got to call at approximately 10 minutes past two this morning. And um, during a two-hour period, eight, uh, eight fire appliances from Cork City Fire Brigade attended the scene to bring that fire under control and prevent it spreading to other buildings. Okay, okay. Uh, just, just curious, it's, it's, it's an empty building. It doesn't store anything. There's not grain in there or chemicals. It's an office block, is it? No, a, a section of an office building, exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody in it, incidentally. No injuries. No, no, no reported injuries, no. Okay, okay. Um, why did it happen? Is it too early? Any investigation as to whether it was malicious or on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. So, on Gardish Con, we're going to carry out an investigation on this particular scene, and our uh, building controls personnel will be down, obviously, checking that scene out as well today. So, it'll be under scrutiny now today to see uh, the nature, the cause, and so on of, of that particular So, are you, are you saying that you can speculate as to whether it was malicious or not? Absolutely. At, at, at this stage, it's probably too early to, to say whether it was uh, malicious or, you know, for whatever reasons. So we'll, we'll have what to about the other two incidences over the course of, well, certainly a few weeks back? Was that malicious or the one last January? Do we know? Um, I'm not actually sure. I didn't see the results of that particular one. So um, It's just kind of curious as to why you have three fires in the same area. I mean, whether or not people use it. Uh, to, to, you know, party or antisocial behaviour or misfortunes who might be homeless trying to light a fire or something. I'm just speculating, you know. 
Yeah, well, um, it, it's it's very difficult to say now at, at this particular stage, but it is a very uh, well um, uh, utilised space down the Kennedy Keys and Centre Park Road and so on. So you don't know what what would be going on in that particular Thankfully, area. I mean, the most important thing is there was nobody in it at the time, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. That there's no injuries from the, the nature of this fire. Is it under control now? Has it been dampened down and out? Yeah. So we will have crews now going down there just doing final checks with their thermal imaging cameras to make sure that there are no hot spots and a bit of damping down may have to be done. And then our building control section will, will carry out an investigation. Okay, well. okay. Well, one wonders whether these buildings are secured sufficiently. I think it's an O'Callaghan Properties building. Isn't that part of 31 acres that they got their, they bought down the South Docklands for, for redevelopment, isn't it? All that area? I believe so, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of very good kind of... Um, planning going on for down that area is going to be uh, very modern in a couple of years' time. So okay. All right. to look forward. Okay. Well, the quick action of the fire brigade again got it under control. Thank you, Victor, for taking the call. Appreciate it. Thank you, Neil. Uh, just Bye the back history to that, actually, there's, this is the third fire in the area. It is owned by the property developers of Callum Properties. They bought all that area. Like 31 acres of the South Docklands is a huge area, massive. And there's going to be all sorts of, uh, you know, Ultimately, I think initially anyway, there'll be an amount of demolition. I think that they won't be able to go anywhere near the landmark red brick front of the Odlums building, but there'll be a lot of regeneration down in that area. I mean, you are talking about 31 acres of it. Anyway, lines open. Text 0868104106. Calls after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Of course, in other news, uh, Ireland may not be at the, war, at the World Cup, but Roy Keane certainly is. So it's Keno's World Cup, Keno's Cup, and he's playing a blinder in punditry, I believe. And uh, um, if I get an opportunity as often as I can to find some nuggets from Keane on television, I will be playing those clips on the air across the World Cup. Um, and I don't see why not, because I think he's absolutely incredible. He's box office yesterday, of course. Um, and poor old Rory <laughs> has Argentina in the buster here. We spoke about that at length yesterday. And they were baiting be Saudi Arabia. And there was one particular penalty incident where Argentina weren't given a penalty. And Sunis and Kino went at it on the ITV. Roy, you just said that you, you didn't think it was a penalty. Let's have a look at the penalty incident and the subsequent penalty that was converted by Lionel Messi. But the reason for giving this is because the referees and the officials have been asked... watching the ball, Laura. They've been asked to look out for blocking and holding without looking at the ball, no intention of playing the ball. Is that what we saw here, Graham? Definitely. He's not, he doesn't know where the ball is. He's only interested in an Argentinian player. He doesn't want to. He doesn't know when it's been kicked. He's not looking, and I think that is a penalty no, for me. No, no, All this will do. All this will do is encourage diving. He's dragging him down. He's dragging right. him down. You're not listening to what Laura said. It's a director from the I referee. Exactly what she said. Yeah. It's this a director. Encourage diving. Not, this is not about opinions. That's a fact. The guy wasn't looking. Well, at I'm here the ball. to give my opinion. That's not a penalty. No, this is not about our opinions. It's about the laws about, of the game. What are we here for? It's I'm, about here, the I'm here to give my opinion. <laughs> Their interpretation. That's not a penalty. The, the interpretation. The new law. That's is, my opinion. That's the new law here. is the new law is that if you're not I'm here to give my opinion, on, I don't I've think that's a penalty. That's I'm here to give my opinion. That's not a penalty. In I've, my heard, I've heard you say it ten yeah. times. I don't think it's again. a penalty. Well, let someone else speak. Go ahead. You'll learn a lot more if you listen rather than talk. Plenty of time. No problem. So 
The ball comes in, he's not looking he's at the ball. He's there to give his opinion. He's there to speak. But what else is he going to do if he's a pundit commenting on a match, for God's sake? I love that, though. I think that's... I mean, a lot of the time it's more entertaining and enjoyable than the goddamn match itself. But anyway, apparently last night then, Joe Brolly, best known as a Gaelic football player and himself a Gaelic football analyst with RT. I think he's retired from that now. He tweeted, and these are his words, people fawning over Roy Keane. Uh, the World Cup shouldn't be here, he says. Yet, there he is, Keane, in person at the World Cup. Soccer's very own Nelson Mandela. Now, I don't know whether he, whether um, Joe Brawley does that just for clicks or just for jokes or whether he's actually serious or not. But anyway, this uh, was what, what Roy had to say about it being in Qatar in the first place. I think already, though, there's been so much negative press, so much attention on, on what's happening in this country and the way that migrant workers are being treated. I think that alone is not negative enough for it to be backfiring. Um, they'll be praying that the football's a great tournament and people won't be talking about that going forward. But I'm afraid, you know, there's so many activists out there, they will forever be talking about Qatar and their human rights record. Mm. That's a fact of life. They'll have to deal with that. And by having a World Cup here, they have a chance to put certain things right, but they're not going to put everything right. Mm. We don't live in a perfect world. No one lives in a perfect world. No. Roy, we saw you I think, today. Well, like, just on the back of what Graham is saying there, the World Cup shouldn't be here. It shouldn't be here. It's been mentioned there with the people there about the corruption regarding FIFA. We've got a country the way they treat migrant workers, gay people. And that's got to be, I think it's great that it's been brought up. They shouldn't have the World Cup here. You can't treat people like that. We all love football, we love soccer, we're on about spreading the game. Just to dismiss human rights, flipping that because of a football tournament. It's not right. You shouldn't be here. There you go. He doesn't hold back, and that's why I love him. Mind you, some texters. Bobby says he's wrong. If they wore the armband, they would have been booked, and the game would not have been able to start until the players players had proper attire on. That's why the captain would have to remove the armband, which would be a big climb down. And if they had to remove it on the pitch, a bigger climb down. Another one, well done Roy Keane, but pity all the countries and players didn't follow suit. Qatar's attitude to their migrant workers should not have been ignored. It's totally inhuman, as is their backward attitude to LGBT. They should not be supported. I see one or two more there as well this morning. Uh, Great to see Roy Keane putting in a great performance at the World Cup. Let's hope they don't send him home early this time. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. I think it's fantastic when people get stuck in. And I think that's what punditry is all about. And people should actually have opinions. Uh, We'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. Text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. And if I find other clips across the World Cup with regards to Kino, uh, I certainly will be broadcasting them. Uh, He's representing us there, I suppose. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to anybody with regards to the mess at Dunkettle. Um, I see texts coming in on it again this morning and people talking about 75-minute waits now. Just trying to get from, I see one example of it this morning there. Somebody trying to get from Carrick Tool to Douglas took an hour and a half. Um, I think it's there. I think the tunnel people are calling it a settle in period, settling in and people getting used to the new layout and the new light sequencing. I don't know if that holds much water with people. Anyway, to the phone lines we go. Yesterday, Kevin had an opportunity to go down to the market, the marina market, to chat with some of the users down there because, of course, we spoke about this earlier in the week as to whether or not it has a future at the location it's at, not having planning permission and being refused retention permission. But there is a Save the Marina Market petition online. And would you believe it that 
right now, and it's only been up a few days, there's over nearly 6,000 signatures so far. Don't know how much there will be by the time it's submitted or, you know, when it will be submitted or who it's going to be given to. But Charlie Clark, Charlie, good morning. Hi, Neil. You started it, did you? I did. Why? Uh, well, I, I've been down there uh, quite often since it opened. Um, myself and my wife and some of the family whenever they're around yeah. and we just found the, thing, the whole experience fantastic down there um, very unique looking I know I know we have the English market which is fabulous uh, but this is another kind of a different style of market uh, there's like about 40 something stalls down there you know with food and all, all the various offerings we thought it was wonderful and, and you then, come on, I mean if I remember you're, you're in Kilcully aren't you Charlie you would go I am, on, yeah, so I that's am. a bit of a trek isn't it a short drive, it's only 10 minutes in down there. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, I came across something on social media at the weekend there, just that, that it was going to be, it was refused permission to continue by the council. And I said, jeez, I said, this is, this is off the wall. I said, I mean, this is, what a fantastic attraction. And there they are closing it down for quoting various reasons. I un- I understand the reasons. Like Port of Cork have an issue with it. Doyle Shipping have an Kennedy issue with this. Key Kennedy Key, know, the parking, the walking. Uh, there's also the hazard yeah, being next yeah. to Goulding's chemicals, things like that. Yeah, actually, there's, there's, there's loads of reasons to close something. Uh, but when it's like that good, you know, they, they should be looking at some ways of trying to come to a, some kind of a solution to keep it open rather than just a blanket refusal and, you know, four weeks. When I saw four weeks to appeal, that's why I went ahead and I looked up somewhere online to try and set up a petition. I found a very handy little website there, set it up, put in a few comments on it and, and fired it out there into the into the internet. Okay, and if people are and listening and they want to sign the petition, how would they go about that? Uh, there, there's if, if, if they look for... Um, uh, the the website that I went on to was called Some of Us S U M O F U S Some of Us like uh, like the total dot org. In the total Some of Us yeah 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 all yeah, of us together I, I I created a little uh, URL for it as well keep well it's it's keep Marina Market open if why do you why do you just share that link with me and we'll share it on Twitter and Facebook as well and get people driven that I, way I will I will yeah, yeah. what um, will you do with the petition I mean have you have you set an amount is it like do you want ten thousand fifteen thousand no you it's, it's open-ended, and um, I, I, I'm just amazed. Like, I, I didn't know how that would float out there, you know, but, I mean, there's up to 6,000 already, I think, two days. And can you tell so, where I mean, all of these uh, people signing the petition are clicking on it are from? Are they all Cork people? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked into it in great detail yet. I've been checking, just checking on it. There's options in there for me to, when, when I want to, then I can, I can send it off to whoever. You know, yeah. so in this case, it would be the city council. I'll find out where to send it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't actually been in contact even with anybody down the market See, either, but I just said, look, I'd do it on their behalf. Oh, well, I'll play some audio from the market from yesterday afternoon in a second. But you see, I don't think, I mean, it's a fantastic thing that you did and it shows huge amount of support for the oh, market. Yeah. And, know, and it I is know. very enjoyable, but planning laws are planning laws. I don't think a mm-hmm. petition will influence the decision of planners and city mm-hmm. council. Well, I thought it would be better to do something than nothing. Um, you know, like trying to get onto specific councillors. Uh, you know, you, you you can get onto one person you know and 
you know, like, but I thought people power is great when yeah. it gets when it gets together, and it does you change know, things. Can, actually, like whether you whether well, you believe whether you accept it or not, people's minds can be changed and influenced by public opinion. I, I think so. Very I think much so. so. And Cork people are great for for rising up against something. Look, yeah. remember the water charges. You know, I mean, people blocking estates and everything, so they couldn't get in, and that stopped us. But what about the planning and, issue? The planning laws yeah, are there to well, protect well, us all. Well, planning, you know, I mean, look, anything can be reviewed. This, this, I think this is, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about the status of the place until I saw the thing at the weekend somewhere where I spotted it. Well, it would have been, and it would I, have been planning, it would have been, the planning permission would be for, yeah, for warehousing, you know? And, and yeah, it's now, it came up on Facebook, I think, is where I saw it. And yeah. They were trying to change the status of things from where warehouse to food hall or whatever. Yeah, that whatever. kind of thing. Yeah, when it's food and, preparation I mean, there and like pop up restaurants yeah, and things, an yeah. entirely different planning proposal. Yeah, but I mean, like you, you can also grant it. You know what I mean? Uh, you look at the, you can look at the the, the issues. Try and like they're, they're obviously negotiating with the the organisers and people who are running the whole market. Surely, they, there some negotiation can be taken, you know, undertaken, yeah. um, work out some solution to the thing to keep it open in some fashion or form rather than just shutting it down. But here's an interesting one. On the subject, this is from Billy. He says, on the subject of the marina market, it is well organized and well run, but it's the safety fears of parking that is the issue. Most people are parking on Kennedy, T- Kennedy Key. Whereas, you yeah. know, a woman died in a tragic accident on the open key wall. The market I is know. attracting people into what is an industrial zone where people don't belong. Maybe an area on the straight road might be a better option. Maybe the old Nissan garage where the coffee trailer already obsists, ob- operates mm-hmm. out on mm-hmm. the straight road. Maybe the market could just be relocated, he's saying, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's all about finding a solution to, to the situation. It, it's certainly... There's certainly a requirement and a demand for it. I got other texts you know, on it, which I'll come to in a, in a few minutes' time. How are the people going there, Neil? Okay, okay. So it's some of us search some of us, and you'll find the dot, marina dot org, and uh, and then if you look at keep keep marina market open, uh, you should be able to find it. But I mean, I can I can send a, a URL to you and that you can. Put it up on the Appreciate the it. Rock and roll. Let's do that. Thanks for that, Charlie. Stay in touch. Cheers, Good to catch Neil. up. Regards to all the family. So he'll send us that, someofus.org, and we'll share it, and you guys can click on it. It's amazing that in the space of a few days, nearly 6,000 click signatures so far. We've got a Vox from the Marina Market. Uh, Kevin was down there yesterday afternoon after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And so to yesterday afternoon from the Marina Market. Someone that came from abroad, like from Brazil, and like seeing this market here in Cork, 
I think it's such a good idea and addition for the city, so I don't, I don't think that's going to close. You know? All you have to do is look around and you'll see that everyone is sitting down enjoying themselves. Like, where else are you going to get it? You know, any place in Cork City isn't going to allow you to just sit and gather around the place. Yeah. I've just discovered this place really and uh, um, my wife and I really love it. Uh, it's a great place. It's very, it's very just lively place. It feels, it's got a great just atmosphere to it. It's wonderful. It's great for the city. And it's, as I was just going to say, it's something that Cork kind of lacked really. Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is just what we need more of, not less. Well, I think it would be a horrific loss to the city and to Cork in general. I mean, it's such an inclusive place. It's suitable for families, people with their friends. Anyone and everyone can come to the marina. It's, it really promotes, you know, a healthy lifestyle. People walk out, get a cup of coffee, socialise. It would be an insane loss. Um, I work in the arts sector, so I've been out here for networking events, both personal and professional. And it's such a fantastic space um, for artists in the city to be able to meet and talk. And you, it really would just be an insane loss. And hopefully it doesn't come to that. It reminds me of what Cork used to be like. Really? Yeah. And do you think we're missing that now in Cork? We're kind of missing that sense of... I don't know. Camaraderie, maybe? I think so, yeah. Everything is so moving too fast and furious now. Yeah. And, uh, I don't come up to court very often, but uh, like, I like this place. This is nice. I, I'll, I'll be back here again sometime. I think there's a sense of community as well here. I think all the staffs here know each other. And I don't know, I just feel like we also support each other here. Yeah. So. so what do you make of the, I suppose, the decision or the idea that might close down or the, the council might be closing it down. Yeah, I think it's a huge disappointment for me. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of all the businesses and the people who are going to be like without a job now. Or, like, it's such a, a good way as well to support like local, you know, small businesses. So closing it down, I think it's a, it's a huge mistake. I totally agree. It's huge for the people that work and people that come as well. It's like uh, missing for the people that are working around, the people that are working here, that offer a beautiful service. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the sort of thing that you would see often in cities in Brazil, in terms of food stalls and markets? And yeah. It's kind of something that we've taken a long time to get to yeah. already. Yeah, true. Though, in, in my, especially in my hometown, it's like there's, I don't know, at least 10 of these in there. With a different setup, different kind of atmosphere, but very similar what Marina Market is now. And so, it's, it, as I said, it's such a good addition from the city for the city, like in general. So, yeah, it's great to see Cork like improving like those kind of things in terms of hospitality business, you know. And have the owners here? Have you been talking to them, or have they given you guys any idea of, of what? Uh, yeah, no, not really, not really. So, yeah, we we might talk a little bit like this week but um, yeah not something that they, they, they came over and they are talking with us yet we've heard about the Christmas lights turn on being scrapped and rates going up for local businesses it doesn't seem like the council are doing themselves a huge amount of favours in terms of public relations at the moment no, definitely not. And I mean, you have organisations and buildings that put in so much work to make Cork the vibrant city of arts and culture that it currently is. And for that work to not be 
supported and hindered and just shut down would really be awful and yeah as you say it will not yesterday from uh, the marina market and my apologies for the quality of the audio uh, cross-section there of people's opinions and yours are welcome text 0868104106 we'll be devastated if the marina market was closed uh, the market holds dear for both me and my boyfriend because this is where we met each other first and we would be celebrating a year's anniversary in a couple of weeks. Such a shame if they do get closed. Uh, all the councillors you've spoken to on the subject seem to say they had no knowledge in any way about the decisions being made. So what exactly do they do? Uh, somebody else suggesting the city council are just idiots. They never want the city to succeed. No wonder Patrick Street has gone to the dogs. Town is completely gone. The city council is completely old school in their thinking and the need to get with the times in the sense that this is the future, certainly for families and people who want to congregate. And they also want a, a different offering, I suppose. And to some extent, it's more of an al fresco off, uh, offering, uh, not just across the spring or the summer, but 365, well, maybe 364. Uh, talking about the outdoors, a lot then coming in with regards to Don Kettle. I was telling you yesterday about Harry Baby's new T-shirt, which is a T-shirt with the, the caption on it, Don Ket Hell. Well, now they've got another one, which is a mock-up of uh, the Christopher Nolan film, Dunkirk. (laughs) It's a fabulous graphic, actually. Uh, It's a soldier standing, looking down onto the carnage of the Dunkettle roundabout. And it says, a film by Christopher Nolan, Dunkettle, the event that shaped our world. (laughs) So I love the way they think. Thank you for those. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, Marie says, uh, the market sounds amazing. Is it on every day and can you park there or not? Well, one of the issues, of course, is around parking. But to answer the other question, yes, you can go there every day. It's seven days a week. Sean, good morning. Hey, Neil, how are you? Okay, picking up on three particular points. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the parking, yeah, it's not ideal, but I'm sure they can put bollards or something there too, because the... uh, City Council have their own parking on the bonded, car bonded warehouse, that little stretch of quay, and that's, that's similar. That but do they, but they, don't, they don't park on the quay, though, do they? Yeah, right outside the bonded warehouse. It's right on the waterfront, as far as I can figure. On the yeah. other side of the channel, is it? Yeah, yeah. And that one accident, as far as I can recollect, it was, it was an attempt suicide. It was suicide, yeah. yeah. It was an attempt so, at suicide. Okay, Mind perfect, you, people have fallen in there. People do fall yeah. into the river. Yeah, but sure, you know, the, the, the stupid people probably, you know. If I walk over to the edge of a, of a river and, and, and fall in, I, I'm not going to blame anyone, only myself. And then they but you ta- do have the talking. public walking to the market down along um, an unprotected <laughs> quay. Yeah, but like, uh, how how much do we have to take uh, hold people's hands that they don't realize? You know, well, you'd, you'd, wanna, you'd want to be holding children. You'd want to be holding children's hands that they wouldn't bolt yeah. away from you. Maybe that's the parents' um, responsibility. Um, I just feel like we, we we're too. We we seem to have to babysit everybody, and, and duty of care has taken on. All kinds of dimensions. Yeah, yeah okay. it's maybe not perfect, but I could certainly see putting a couple of bollards or something would would solve that. And they, they talk about the numbers, but Neil, you probably remember Fords and Dunlops in operation. Do. I, I don't know, there are six or seven thousand people walking down there. There were, yeah, time. they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Primarily, so, though, they walked down the Boggy Road and the Monaghan Road. They walked to work down those roads. Yeah. They wouldn't have been walking down the Keys because that would have been at yeah. a time when the Keys were, ver- Keys were very busy with yeah. dockers. Yeah. 
that is obviously died down a bit. I I go down there on and off, but I, I'll cycle. It's perfect for that. But you know, it's it's they just. I'm hoping they may get it through, but a lot of the excuses it just seems a little. You know, it's like they're looking for. They seem to always look for an excuse to shut something down rather than open something up in this town. Yeah, well, I, 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 I know it's yeah. a huge success, and everybody would yeah. like to see it go on from strength to strength. But they applied. It, 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 this was all triggered by them applying to the planning department for planning changes, and the planning department looked at it and said, and had apparently had been telling them for a, quite a while that you're operating without planning. Yeah. So it's okay, kind of like, maybe they're ticking boxes and just trying to work through some issues. But yeah, hopefully it will go ahead. While I do have you, would you appeal to the city fathers or could I appeal to the city? Would they ever get done with that part, the Patrick's Bridge and Bridge Street? They are faking around, fostering around there since God only knows when. A $12 million project to turn the place into a car park. And they're there since God knows when with bollards and drilling and chipping and digging and and they've moved on to the next stretch now by opposite the opera house. To they're, do what been though? Uh, who knows? I, I've even quizzed a few of them. Uh, it, it was, oh, have you seen that they said there's all these utilities there? This was a couple of weeks before the jazz festival. I was cycling down and I said, I'm hoping you'll be done before the jazz. The place looks like a kip mm-hmm. and we have a lot of visitors coming in. And he said, yeah, the, 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 the planners have it done by Friday. Friday, it looked like Berlin after the war. Well, this morning it's I got issues involving Carrick Tool to uh, to Wilton, which took seventy five minutes apparently trying to get through the tunnel. That was the queue. I actually saw some photographs taken from the cameras at the tunnel, and it's insane yeah. the backup of traffic. I know you're talking about the city centre, but it's yeah. awful down there. Somebody says, um, I, you know, you, you, unless you're driving through it in the middle of the night, you're going to be caught. Yeah. I, I travelled that a few times. Hopefully, that will bed in because it's just in the final stages. There shouldn't be any. There's still some traffic lights, but the, at the, the end game is no lights whatsoever. So hopefully, that'll. All right. But the city, I despair of the city. That is just becoming a car park. Okay, and it's man. all. It's all. It's all done intentionally. That that stretch that I just mentioned. That 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 could handle a lot more traffic. But they they're ju- they're just determined to turn it into a pinch point. You think it's intentional so they don't want people driving through the city, is it? Okay, he's gone. Okay. Actually, just with regards to uh, Don Kettle, they need to separate the lanes with bollards to stop idiots undertaking and switching lanes in front of trucks and driving along on the hard shoulder. There's never a guard to be seen, but plenty of Gatso vans. Uh, somebody says, I drove it last night and absolutely flew through it. No issues. Get in lane, people. Stay in your lane and you'll be fine. What I have seen is all of this last minute changing of lanes. That'll be an issue. Uh, but in heading from Kinsale Road to East Cork, there's no issues as long as people drive correctly. Somebody else picks up on that, says people can't drive, plain and simple. It has nothing to do with the roads, Dunkettle. It's all about entitlement and impatience. Uh, another one, traffic is so bad, it's taken up to two hours to get to work and a good hour and a half to get home every day. I feel as if I'm welded to the car seat at this stage. Keep those texts coming, text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 10. Get it off your chest. 
Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And to text regarding the armband in Qatar, what if every single player in the tournament wore the armband? Every single one of them. Surely they couldn't book all of them. And then on Roy Keane, Soonest put Roy Keane in his place by telling him to shut up and listen. He might learn something, says John. No, he's there to give his opinion. He was asked a question just as much as Soonest was, I believe. Roy Keane is dead right. If anyone feels strongly about the issues in Qatar, they should protest or not attend the World Cup at all. That being said, Roy has gone to Qatar, is getting paid to provide punditry from, for, from Qatar for the World Cup. He hasn't protested. He's there. So I guess he doesn't feel strongly enough about the issue, uh, says Richie. Uh, one or two more. Joe Brawley hates everything that's Cork, Neil. Didn't you know? Uh, John says uh, Brawley is right. Um, why would you call Roy Keane a hypocrite? Somebody who's got an opinion on things. Actually, the more I think about it, I think Joe Brawley is right in what he thought about Roy Keane. But incidentally, somebody else says, Joe Brawley, I'm not saying that actually. I, that's a text that said, I think Joe Brawley is right about what he said about Roy Keane, not me. Joe Brawley didn't retire from RTE, as you said. He was sacked. Then he went working for a pay-per-view channel instead. He has no legs to stand on criticising Roy Keane. I don't see why. I mean, if he lost one gig, what's wrong with going and getting a gig somewhere else? Absolutely. Pundit are entitled to have their opinions, says Louise. I am so sick of yes men and yes women. They lack substance. The definition of a yes man is someone who agrees with everything that is said, especially someone who endorses without criticism every opinion or every proposal. I believe these are actually dangerous people, oftentimes not standing up to what is morally or ethically wrong. I've taught my children to question everything respectfully. It's sad times now when, God forbid, we say the wrong thing, isn't it? Here's to the generation that is now dying out. They slapped each other's kids, not in an abusive way. They spoke up and defended those who were wronged. My grandfather always said, look at who you can't criticize. That is where the real problem stems from. I miss controversial pundits on television. Not alone, I suppose in other media as well. Not alone were they unafraid to challenge others, but it was also beneficial to hear how others defended themselves or responded. You know, it cuts both ways. Keep being outspoken as possible people, uh, in particular, Neil, to keep your job. Uh, we love it, says Louise. It's an interesting point that you make about here's to the generation that is now dying out. They slapped each other's kids but not in an abusive way. Um, I wonder if people have an opinion on that. The rest, the rest of it, of course, I think is, is very powerful and you're entitled to your opinion, even on whether we should slap our children, although I wouldn't agree with it. And uh, certainly you make the point of, uh, there was a time, of course, when the neighbour next door, the mammy, would slap your children or slap other people's children or put them on the straight and narrow, uh, but not anymore. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106 to the phone lines. Jim, good morning. Hey, how are you, boy? I'm good. Um, so, back to the unprotected keys. Go ahead. Yeah, just just to comment on it here. Like, a lot of our city, as we walk around at the moment, is some of the key walls are still unprotected. And I suppose it's only three years ago there. You might remember the incident by, when I was at Brian Brewer's there, with some here who jumped in and saved the child that went through the, the bad fencing. That I do that remember it. Well said, yeah. yeah. It, you know, like, we, we live in a city with a river, so there are dangers. But the city is guilty of an awful lot of unprotection keys and they're only using this as an excuse now to stop a thriving business. Uh, small businesses are making a few bucks that would otherwise wouldn't have uh, money and, you know, it's an economy running there. And one thing they should take over... Some of the businesses like, down there do have, oh, have bricks and mortar businesses as well, though. It would be supplemental to their existing business. 
Yeah, I did the extended arms, but she did need both because some of the bricks and mortar businesses aren't making money at all. But just on that point, though, because the texture says, what about the businesses who pay rates? And their customers will be leaving them now to go and shop and eat in the market. And Marina, what you know? What about businesses that are bricks and mortar? How do they compete against a Marina market? Well, sure, if there's not enough places to eat, maybe we'll be eating at home. Like there's just you know you pass restaurants you can't get into. You try to make bookings. You must have loads of options. If the restaurant is good and the food is good, it'll stand on its own. Right. You don't. You can't force people in there because we're paying rates. Get your diet right. Get your 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 you know your menu right. And you draw a crowd. Like, that's not, you can't blame people for that. But the other one thing I'd bring up there, Neil, which is very important, right, and I've walked around, I know you've only had a coffee in there, I was collecting toys and stuff from the toy store next door, but, like, there's a bathroom in there, right, and I walked in there and I used this. I was expecting to walk into a shed. You no, know, right? man, you, it would win an award, actually, the bathroom's it was, there. It is unbelievable. No, you think about, we've been speaking about no toilet in the city. I hope Capo Tunes are listening, right? There's a bathroom down there that's better than any hotel and Cork City has still not have a public toilet in our, in our streets. We still have guys urinating on the streets by night. Nothing is in place. And this is from a... Well, there was one on the Grand Parade. It still stands there, actually. It's going to yeah, rack and a, ruin. That's a button thing. Come on, they're talking about a proper bathroom where you can go in and do it, right? They and were shooting up in there, though. They were taking heroin in there. They were smoking crack in there. They were using it as a place to shoot up. The punters, the public weren't going near it. That's the churches, for God's sake. That's a different issue, Neil. We need to sort out our drug problem. Let's talk about the bathroom. They've done nothing. It's not there. Yet they can point fingers at a business that's successful below that the people of Cork are using, the people of Cork are enjoying, and they can't get behind it. Now, going forward with the 30-odd acres that our Callens have, I hope that someone looks at this model. We haven't got a food court in Cork. Nothing like that. And I hope that they they bring this into into picture. It works. It works for the city. It's about planning, though. I mean, the other ones are just objections that have been put in or concerns. This is to do with them not having planning for what they're using it for. So they need to rectify that. They do. They do. And they say that it has planning. It has planning from the people. The people are using it. Yeah. Sorry for Cork County Council and the elected. But that would give the the green light to people to do anything they wanted and have no planning or just put things or build things anywhere they want. I mean, you have to have planning laws. You do, you do. And, and health and safety is important down there and so is food hygiene. But the, at the end of the day, this is successful. Absolutely. They need to be helped, not hindered, you're saying. Exactly, exactly. Right. I mean, about the numbers. There's 50,000 people go down to a concert and there's no problem with that. I can remember Goulins and Fords and they were walking both ways with thousands of people. There was no problem going up and down there. They weren't jumping into the river. Yeah, but they weren't they walking weren't. up and down the quays and they weren't parking on the quays. And primarily, the lot of the workers who went down there, my mother and my mother amongst them, walked. Yeah, yeah, correct. correct. No, that is an issue. The quays are an issue. I think they need to shut that down because it is a walking key. But I, I presume we've been told for ages that it wasn't going to be a walking key anymore and it was supposed to move to Ring of Skiddy. Well, the last so, silo closes soon now and it'll be all oh, over then. Yeah, so... I mean, get the council to get their finger out and get the thing moving because they are dragging the city down. Not the people. All right. The people are coming on without them. Thanks, Jim, as always. Appreciate your, con- appreciate your contribution. Just back from London with my husband and kids and the food markets are all over London. In every corner, it was buzzing there in London. For our council to shut ours is an absolute disgrace. Everyone walks there for concerts and matches all of the time anyway. Another one or two regarding the unprotected keys you talk about. It's not so long ago uh, that some of our areas around the city on our riverbanks were unprotected. 
some of them still are it's only about three years ago that a child fell into the water by Brian Brew Bridge you're right and Jim reminded us of that uh, people are suggesting to put the food market into the old Debenhams but you see there's the problem that's in the city centre and that in itself would be an absolute nightmare the whole idea of the market is that it's not in the city centre that it's outside and it's much more accessible and you're not paying crazy money for parking Kieran good morning Good morning. Uh, do you see what I'm saying there? Because I know you were suggesting the old Debenhams, uh, what would have been yeah. Roche's stores, yeah? Yeah, but you see, the other day, like, uh, uh, for health and safety reasons, like, there's three or four exits. There's downstairs, there's upstairs, there's bathrooms, you know, that kind of way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they'd uh, have like to the buy, public- well, they'd have to buy it, because that's on the market, that's for sale. So that would cost <laughs> millions to achieve. Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't know about that. But, like, yeah. what I was thinking about, like, uh, the public transport... Uh, car pads other businesses might benefit from it you know yeah I know that but then again you'd be trying to bring people into the city and charging them an arm and a leg for parking and that you know? yeah 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 but it's still up to all the data trying to push the public transport out there so do yeah. something with that you know yeah yeah the area like I know I'm not a parking right is there but there must be something else they can look at, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, they could do that or they could come up with another location if they're refused planning and some are suggesting maybe out the straight road or something. But I think by and large, the people of Cork wanted to remain and want whatever issue regarding planning sorted so it can remain. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, but like I, as you said, it's, it's down the marina and a lot of people walk down that way anyway, you know? So I can't understand why don't they just leave it there, you know? Yeah, it's a perfect like location. Because it was an empty building, you know? Debenhams, yeah. Okay, fair play. Thanks, Kieran. Uh, just with regards to other texts and topics I've mentioned this morning, sadly, a young boy in Ackle Island by the name of Joseph McGinty died a couple of weeks after the Pfizer vaccine and his inquest was quite alarming in what the coroner had to say. Some texts on that. The vaccine killed the boy. He was alive before he got it. Two weeks later, he's dead, just like it killed many more. But all of it is always hushed up, says John. Fair play to Neil covering the Ackle boy story. No informed consent there. If people knew this could happen, would they have vaccinated their teenagers to take them on holidays? I think not, says Dolores. And one final one regarding the COVID vaccine. My thyroid thyroid has been underactive for nearly 20 years. In 2021, it tanked and went severely underactive, causing hair loss and many other symptoms. I'm very compliant with taking my routine tablets. I believe the vaccine affected me. Can you ask your listeners if they experienced anything similar, having taken a COVID, COVID vaccine? So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Just on the case of Dunkettle, Mike makes an interesting point. He says the problem is there are 100,000 vehicles using the Dunkettle interchange in a two-hour period. It's just not capable of holding that. It couldn't hold half that amount. Really, is that an accurate figure? 100,000 vehicles using the Dunkettle interchange within any two-hour period, or maybe, I suppose, that two-hour period maybe might be morning traffic or afternoon traffic, drive-time traffic. It's a lot of traffic. Uh, and then two other topics we've been talking about over the past couple of days. I was telling you that the there was video circulating at the weekend that I saw, and we were chatting about it on the air um, on Monday and a bit yesterday, uh, with regards to many, many migrants coming into the country, and unfortunately a proportion of them coming in undocumented 
into Ireland and then we saw the uh, coach loads of men who were being brought to uh, the East Wall in Dublin and were being housed or homed because you wouldn't house you couldn't house they're not houses it's a, a big old ESB uh, office block apparently uh, listening to a conversation with Malachi regarding the current situation in East Wall who by the way spoke so much sense you mentioned at one point don't we need low paid workers I never actually said low paid workers I didn't say that I said don't we need more migrant workers coming into the country to do the jobs in retail and hospitality you might deem that to be low paid you say you said we need low paid workers or something to that effect well it wasn't that I didn't say low paid I don't want anybody low paid uh, but the question anyways is would you take on unvetted persons to work for you uh, who could have made up any kind of a sob story to the Home Office, like, I lost my passport. I doubt it. Let's see how many you employ. Well, I'm not actually an employer, but I take the point you're making. Don't give up my details, but your comment was PC sickening. Well, it may have been PC sickening, but it was inaccurate. And I think you're admitting that yourself. I did not say we need low-paid workers. To me, that's slave labor. And who could endorse that? But just staying with this topic, actually, Molly, good morning. Hello. You are a resident of the area um, and yeah. you uh, had, did you have a poster or a placard saying refugees welcome, was it? Um, just, a, just a poster to say you're welcome in East Wall, yeah. Okay. And what happened? Um, so obviously I knew the, the protest was going ahead at, at five o'clock. Um, so just after four I went up, I, would, I just wanted to hang it. Honestly, I had just been feeling really sad thinking about these people inside the building how awful it must be to see this angry mob outside um, but as I was hanging it some of the people had started to assemble already and um, they started shouting at me that I was a rapist lover um, a rapist lover I yeah find yeah, that hard to um, believe I mean has this okay carry on what else happened so I, I, I just said look I think the protest is disgusting I continued trying to hang the thing the man took out his phone then and started to take photos of me. Uh, told me he was going to follow me home and burn me. Um, and then at the same time, what I'm seeing is this: these same people say they're afraid for women in the area. But like the only threat I had that day was was from this man um, who who seemed to be trying to protect the area. Like, yeah. Okay, so he called you. A rape? Were these different people, or this one individual said all these things? He said there was a group of about ten people gathered at this point. It was one person said those words? Said you're a rapist lover. I'm going to follow yeah. you home and burn you. And took out yeah. their phone and started uh, filming you. Um, was he yeah. the same individual who threatened to set fire to your car as well? Yeah, yeah. The same. The same man followed me down as I was as I was walking back to my car. I took photos of the uh, license plate and said, "I'm going to burn this car." Good God. Do you, you, you don't think that the genuine people who have concerns have been infiltrated by others who are hijacking the protests? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely think there are a lot of outsiders at the, the protest. I'm sure there are people living in the area with genuine concerns and who, who just maybe want some information, who were surprised, who, who don't really know what's going on. But I think there are a lot of people who are also... Um, willing to to welcome people into the area, and you know the 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 concerns aren't as aggressive and 
as racist. Oh, I'm sure that there are some, uh, but, you know, I, I would hope that what happened to you doesn't reflect those people who live in the community because it is one big, large, no, multi-family so, community, yeah. isn't it? I don't, I don't believe it does. Um, not, not, from, not from what I've seen, no. But even welcoming people of different backgrounds into the country and putting them in former office block with camp beds or partitions, sure, that's not ideal. It's not ideal. No, it's it's far from perfect. I, I wouldn't like to live there myself. Like I, I think it's it's sad that that's the situation. That um that that's where we we need to welcome people into. But it's the reality. And like I wouldn't begrudge anyone a, a roof over their head um if they needed it. So. But what, have you any? I mean, are you are you clued in that a proportion of them perhaps are after destroying their documentation and they have arrived probably as maybe economic migrants without any kind of guard or police or criminal checks, backgrounds and, and issues like that, that we, we don't know who they are or why they're here or what's motivating them to come here? You say probably there. So, I, I mean, I guess you don't know as much as I don't know. Um, we're making, you're making an assumption that they, that they don't have these documents. Um, the, the, well, the figure, I, I, the stat that we know. were quoting earlier in the week was perhaps 40%. It said around about 40% of those that are coming in have destroyed their documentation. Yeah, but I don't know that we could say that about this specific group in, in East Wall. So I, I suppose we we just don't know and we're making big assumptions there. But anyway, no, I, I, I don't have concerns about that. I mean, I think... In terms of vetting, I don't even know what we're talking about there. If if anyone comes into the country, we probably don't have the resources to vet uh, people travelling into the country with documents. We don't know their backgrounds. I don't know all the backgrounds of people who, who live on my road. True enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, true enough. And you're, you're from the area, though. Do you think that there, there aren't as many concerns amongst families as people are trying to make out then, that they, they feel unsafe or they, you know, women feel unsafe or families are unsafe that their children will not, be out yeah the people I'm speaking to uh, do not don't feel like that but I mean I, I wouldn't profess to speak for the for the whole area either okay okay and you believe then that it's been taken over as you say by right wing groups pushing an anti-immigration agenda full stop did you feel unsafe after the threats that were made to you no I didn't I feel safe in the area I mean I, I felt that 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 people who I spoke to there were thuggish and they were they went from kind of zero to a hundred in terms of aggression very quickly. But I didn't feel unsafe, you know, I live in the area, I know the area well. I've never felt unsafe before and like he wasn't reflective of people I've I've met there. What I've a beast before, to say what he said to you though and the threats that he made yeah. to you the threats he made to you. Really and truly. Yeah. I mean at this stage now the protests have ended, have they? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, it was a much smaller number there last night. So uh, hopefully they're they're dying it now. Okay. Uh, and are, are the are the men inside integrating? Are they moving around? Or are they too afraid um, to even come out? I, I don't know. I've I've no contact with people inside the building, but I'd imagine uh, they, like uh, I would have been afraid to come out if I was them that last few nights. But hopefully, as things start to die down, they they get a chance to kind of mix and and get to know from people. Okay, thank you. The courage, your convictions, Molly. Fair play to you for that. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Have thank a good you. day. Take Bye. care, John. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. A lot of text on this. Actually, I'll come back to the text. Your thoughts on it? This, this is a government responsibility, Neil. The, the Irish government were elected to take care of the Irish citizens. It doesn't say that we're supposed to be the, the mother and father of the war. I think, we got, I think we got a lot of money, though. Texter sent to me, and I think it's correct. She says that uh, the EU gave us 700 million euro 
to look after immigrants and migrants coming into our country, and we have an international obligation to do so. Well, uh, well no, there's uh, one thing between obligation uh, and, and charity. The two of them don't, don't, don't tie up at all. What we have now is we have uh, people without any documentation. We have no medical security checks on, 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 on anybody. Now, you, f- you frequently uh, move around uh, the world to different places, uh, and everybody knows in the country that you're going into who you are, where you're coming from, yeah. and where you can be found. Your passport uh, is the home. most important document you have when you yeah, move that's, around. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Now, I remember, I remember back in the... Are you, in, is, uh, are you making the question, why would you destroy it, is it? Yeah, because you can't, you can't be sent back to where you came. Now, there's a very simple remedy to this, and I've posted it many times on social media. People who arrive in the country at Dublin Airport or Shannon or any airport, they could not get on a plane in any other jurisdiction without documentation. And it is very easy to find out the manifesto of the plane, who was on it, where they came from, and you return them to where they came from. And if their documentation is gone, they can answer to their own security uh, when they return to their own country. And whose responsibility would be that? Would it be the airline who allowed them to destroy it on board or what? No, no, so the airline couldn't stop them going into the toilet and tear them up and flushing it. They, they get stopped at the airports where they arrive in Ireland. At any port in Ireland, be it by air or by sea. If you've no documentation, there, there's a holding camp. Okay, okay. At, at such time as we get to the bottom of who you are, okay. where you are, so, and what are you running from. But any migrant that comes in with documentation, though, and a passport... Um, are you okay with them being allowed to stay and be processed and become part of the Irish community? Oh, oh, listen, I have no problem with people who are coming to, to add to the, to the benefit of the country. But uh, we most certainly do not want people turning up from the four corners of the world that your children and my children are supposed to maintain for the rest of their lives uh, at all expense. That won't work. You mean they would be well, they're just here for welfare, is it? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Or Absolutely. somebody, uh, there, somebody or, or, says, or, or, or else they're going working on the black economy, which is a double loss to the to the exchequer. But sure, we do that. Of, like Ireland, people are doing that anyway. I mean, they're, look yeah, at any yeah, one of the yeah, trades. Look at any one of the trades yeah. in Ireland. If yeah, you yeah, want, you'll yeah. get two prices. You'll get the VAT invoice price, and you'll get the cash price. Not all of them, yeah, but, but a fair proportion of them. Yeah, but sure, that's that's down to the government. The government, listen. Well, it's we not actually. A, it's a, down we, to the people who pay cash. Yeah, but you see, the people who are paying the cash, if they weren't put to the pin of their collar by the, by the, the stuff that's pushed on by the government, the, 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 the hike and oh, everything... Oh, I mean, it's, they, it's they, easy to they, see why they do it. Yeah, they'll be able to do things legitimately. Listen, there's nobody wants sets out to want to break the law. No, I mean, who, who but, would refuse? If it was a job for 500 for a VAT invoice or, two, or 400 for cash, of course, I, I can understand people's going yeah, for the 400. Well, well, yeah, I can understand that because why... Because they have a tax bill coming or a VAT bill coming that that they haven't been able to maintain during the year while they're working because the price of materials has gone sky high. I know there's and, always and, been there's always been a cash price uh, in the well, well, Of course, uh, well, listen. There's no society can run and function without cash. But it looks as if no society can run and function without the black economy. Well, that's that's a fact. No, I'm just I'm just saying that if you, if you were to say. 
like for instance, okay, people come here because they they never want to work and they'll get welfare forever. Others are saying to me yeah. that we also would be importing criminal refugees. Um, yeah, yeah, apparently, what, what, it's yeah, a, it, a term that's being yeah, coined it, by the right wing media. Somebody says to me, yeah, um, well, we're back down to government scrutiny again about people coming into our country. I can't go to the states in the morning. I can't turn up in Shannon and just say to the guy behind the desk, oh, "How's it going? Uh, I'm going to New York for two weeks," and he's asked me, "Where are you going? So do you have clearance?" And I say, "No," and he says, "I'm terribly." That's how it goes, and you accept it. Why can't it be like that in my country? Because it, that happens before you leave the country at all. It'll happen in Shannon that's or cor- in Dublin. That, that's correct. That's, that's correct. But, but, what, yeah. But, yeah, but we are dealing with sympathetic governments who want to get people out of their own country because they can't cope with them. And so it is a lot easier to offload them. Look, we all knew as soon as Britain left the EU and, and uh, the, the they started a program about putting people uh, on a different uh, jurisdiction. Uh, they were vessels. That's Rwanda. That co- yeah, were co- imagine that, yeah, sending co- people to Rwanda. Yeah. yeah, that they were coming. We knew that they were coming in all directions. Hold on there for and a moment. And as a matter of fact, all government brought people into this country from God knows what jurisdictions during a COVID lockdown when you couldn't go down to the beach for a walk and bring, or bring your dog down. Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. You want to pick up on this? Go ahead. Yeah, I suppose I, I, I agreed very much with the lady you had on before. Molly. Um, yeah, Molly, sorry, yeah. Um, and I, I think a, a lot of what she was saying was very true, you know. I mean, the people coming on here with assumptions and assuming this and assuming that and, you know, putting out figures and, and stuff without even checking whether it's true or not. And what figure? A lot of... Specifically, I can't. There was a guy on yesterday, Declan, and and he was quoting stuff um, that just, you know, I mean, he was saying that a lot of them were criminals. And uh, I mean, to be honest, I think what would be more in line with a lot of these people maybe is, you know, hire out a local community centre and and welcome these people and have a chat with them and see what they're actually like. Would you have any? Would you have any red flag at all, though? I'm just curious now that you would see coach after coach and maybe upwards of 400 young men only young men with their luggage coming in and and ask the reasons why and from so where if it, so if I said to you if there was a coach of 400 young women come in would you have a would you ask me the same question it's a very good question I haven't seen that but just so people are saying no, just hypothetically I, 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 well I suppose not to the same extent if I'm to be 100% honest with you. I don't know. Maybe we're just programmed that way to automatically go into red alert or or into suspicion. And also because you you have people throwing out even questions. How do we know they're not rapists? You know, wouldn't wouldn't you throw that out there as a question? People take it, so some of them are rapists. No, and, and I did, I did. No, hang on a second, just on point. I did. I'm not que- I did. Que- I know, no, well, I, no, it was said to me, and I did question it. I did say, why would you automatically assume that there's any criminality? And here's a typical response that I got to that. Well, to answer your question, just look at Sweden after years of undocumented documented immigration. Once it was the safest country in Europe, it now has the unwelcome tag of being the rape capital of Europe, where immigrants are overrepresented in these crimes. Uh, so I had to go away and check that. And it apparently 47.7% of the rape and attempted rape offenders were born outside of Sweden. Um, we did some more research on it because somebody said that it's become a no-go area, um, oh. many areas of Sweden. So, like, I, 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 I was... Uh, 
I was questioning as to why people would automatically assume that those that coming in, and you're right, it would be feel the same if there were 400 yeah. young women. But we automatically wonder, or people do, if there's 400 Neil, young men I, coming Neil, into the country, are there a lot of them criminals? But apparently, Neil, apparently I, in Sweden, they did have a big increase in, 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 in rape and attempted rape, 48%. Okay. Yeah, Neil, I can, read, I come I in, can I come in? Oh, no, just let, just let in? Michael respond to that, because that's a stat that's hard to ignore. It is, and I read something about that as well, and recently, but oh, my memory is terrible, but there was something about there were convicted um, rapes, but the amount of rapes in Sweden that occur, the, the uh, immigrant population aren't over-represented uh, in that. That it was just, it was, it's, it's one fact taken out of context. Okay. If you know what I mean. Okay, well, maybe it is uh, taken out of context. I can find that and I can, even, I, I can even email it on to you as well, Neil. It was, it was kind of complicated. But I, I definitely will email it on to you because I, I, I know where I can Well, I would it. like, I, I'm all about balance and getting the facts right. Yeah. But it was when I was challenged because I was saying, why do we automatically assume that people coming in here have a criminal past? And that was the response I got to it. Yeah, Sorry, John, yeah, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I wanted to come in there on that. I didn't distinguish between male or female. I said anybody who turns up at our borders, that's undocumented undocumented. I, do, I, I, I don't distinguish between male or female. If you turn up at our borders and you've no paperwork for whatever reason, you obviously have something to hide. And we want to know what you're hiding. And if you can't answer Maybe they want to leave yeah. a country that's war-torn or maybe it's incredibly poor and like a lot of Irish would have done in the 80s even. I know friends living in America that are still living there undocumented. Yeah. And yeah. You know, obviously if they're living there, yeah, they're which, illegal but they just wanted yeah, to make a better yes, life Yes, 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 yeah, yeah, he's right, John. Yeah, There's but, a lot yeah, of undocumented yeah, yeah. Irishmen. There is, yeah, which is the shame of the Irish government because they never do any, they never done anything to put in the proper procedures uh, for to keep the workforce in Ireland, and we're now paying for it because we can't get a nurse or a doctor or we can't get anybody to work in our economy. And this yes, is why our it, government has to have this border policy those, so that they can bring people in people. That are coming in. Yeah, there's a tenant at the moment. Shame on their governments as well. But they still come in here. All right, okay. Well, we can't care for their government. We do have a homeless problem here. Listen, we have a tenant foot at the moment by the government to bring in bus drivers from South Africa only because they speak English and they drive at the same side of the road. No, because we can't get bus drivers here. because Irish people won't do it. No, Irish people can't afford to do it. Not that they don't want to do but it, they can, can't afford can to do other, it. Want, but how can other people afford to do it? Yeah, because, they, 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 yeah, because where, where, where they're they coming live? from... They're going to get a rude awakening be, when they try and rent or buy oh, a house. Yeah, oh, yeah. but, but this, this is the other part of the coin. Where are they going to live? Yeah, where? I, have the, where have the government put... Have, buses. No, it's going to be a free-for-all unless I can make some yeah, sense yeah, of no, it. Unless the CIE are going to convert the top of the buses into sleeping quarters for the drivers, it's a waste of time. There's something like, I don't know, is it how many houses I gave the quote this morning available on? Four and a half. There's four and a half. Can I just, sorry, Neil. There's four and a half thousand empty council-owned houses in the country, four and a half thousand. There are 10,000 homeless people in the country. If you average two people per house... There's 267 homes for rent across Munster on Daft right now. Across the entire yeah, of Munster, 260 private. homes. Yeah. But they're, they're yeah, private. But, but, we shouldn't but, be relying on the private sector to provide houses. There's four and a half thousand already built 
council owned empty what, houses what, in the country. What, what, what bus driver on a bus driver's wages could afford to rent a house at 1,700 euros a month? None. But my point is, there's four and a half. This is what the government has created. That they're sitting on. Yes, but there are those that would say that the four and a half thousand that they're sitting on should be turned around for people who live in Ireland rather than inviting more in here to take that housing stock and make it worse. That's all people are saying. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And this is what the government, and unfortunately, what happens then is the focus is taken on the government, I guess. And what happens then is people go on radio shows and they start arguing with each other about uh, refugees well, and al- asylum seekers okay. coming in. Well, this okay. is, this okay. is, no, I'm not arguing about, with you at all about, about any of the points. No, 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 I'm not arguing about I, you. I, no, I, I'm, I'm just telling you that all, all government, consecutive governments, have lost the plot completely as far as migration yeah. and refugees because they can't distinguish one from the other. The point being that if you arrive here without documentation or if you destroyed it on an aeroplane or on a, on a, yeah. on a ferry, yeah. you should be sent back straight away from where you came. Well, where you, yeah. no, I'm not being funny, but oh, you sent back to where you came from. Is that the, like the last... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the plane yeah. that you got, the plane that you got on that landed in Shannon or Cork or okay. Dublin or the boat that you got off on, wherever you came from, you're going back on that. Okay, thank you both. But, thank uh, you, Michael. But I also John, can't yeah. see how how it's so complicated because air air um, companies no, have lists of people who are on the plane, so you do a process of elimination. I, I can't see how it's so difficult to find out who people are, even if they haven't paperwork. Yeah, well, but yeah. you can't you can't get on you can't get on any transport unless you got Ford ID. Okay, point made. Numerous times. Thank you both. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, John. Actually, there's some other info that might be of interest. According to uh, BBC News, who said 58 percent of men convicted in Sweden of rape and attempted rape over the past five years were born abroad, uh, and BBC picked up on that stat. According to Swedish national television. Um, Sweden had thousands more reported rapes. Um, they, it's an interesting article. It's quite lengthy, but I'm just pulling out some of the stats from it. Uh, we're very clear in the program that it is a very small percentage of the people coming from abroad who were convicted of rape, according to the, the editor. He pointed out that the numbers of reported rapes in Sweden was far higher. Uh, so no conclusion could be drawn on the role of immigrants in sexual attacks. I mean, is that confusing or what? I mean, which is it that you can't draw a conclusion from it? That it's a small percentage of people, but still in the same breath, they say 58% of men convicted in Sweden of rape and attempted rape over the past five years were actually born abroad. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that. The East Wall is a family community, Neil. We encourage new cultures and new backgrounds. Our community is made up of many cultures and backgrounds. Most businesses in the area, like shops, barbers, chippers, all have ethnic backgrounds. The issue uh, East Wall has with the Refugee Centre is that the facility was set up secretly and in an underhanded manner. No notification, no consultation, no communication. Uh, The department is silent, and they say a leaflet will be handed out in the coming days. That's what's causing the frustration in the community. Uh, Great to hear Malachi on radio. Heard him a lot on the national airwaves. He speaks the truth about our crazy left-wing immigration setup. Wait until Sinn Féin gets in, and then we'll flood the country with immigrants. Uh, Somebody else says the Irish people are fed up with it. We're waiting on housing lists for over a decade and hospital lists for years. We're working, paying taxes, contributing to a system that only seems to care about giving our money away to help strangers. In fairness, people are right. There is no plan. Just dump them into an office building and let them there for God only knows how long. Enough is enough. We should be protesting for all of this to stop. And one final one. When Ashling Murphy was murdered, there were no protests on the streets calling on uh, on all men who hate women and beat them up. 
Oh, sorry, were there not? There were. Were there not protests on the streets calling on all men who hate women uh, and who beat them up? Yes, there were protests. But I suppose it's different now, isn't it, because of them being non-nationals? Oh, hang on a second. Was it not a non-national who murdered her, says Patricia? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, Joseph Pushka was charged with her murder. He's a Slovenian national. Keep the text coming. Text 0868-104-106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. There is no actual update on uh, the uh, trial regarding the death of uh, Ashley Murphy, apart from the fact that Joseph Pushka has been charged. Uh, he's a Slovenian national and remanded in custody. I did a check on it earlier this morning. And the last two reports, I can find it from the start of the week. Um, but mind you, uh, when he was charged with the offence, he said no. And so that will be before the courts. Um, there are other topics of conversation, of course, entitled to uh, continue besides that one until that becomes a finished court case. But some people are saying other texts, uh, those people coming from Bosnia are actually Albanian. They pose as Bosnians or Italians when they arrive. Uh, one or two more. Ireland has become a cesspit of Europe, a dumping ground for undesirables. Is a very, very harsh saying, a dumping ground for undesirables, rapists and murderers. What about the people that come here that we hear of success stories all of the time, who come here, raise children, settle down here, start businesses here? Anyway, back to the text. The facts are for anyone to see if they research it, but it's kept very quiet, just like the way those refugees were smuggled into Dublin. Uh, they're driving this because they have little love for our own culture and our own customs, as in Irish politicians. People fail to understand the snowball effect of the refugee situation. These people will tell all their friends to come here and so on. We will soon have a refugee crisis in this country, mark my words. Surely surely we need uh, workers, don't we? The problem we have, of course, is that we don't have housing and accommodation, but that doesn't take from the fact that we need a workforce. So that's the problem now. You've got this bottleneck going on. Um, There's a big difference then between genuine people who want to come here for a better life, I understand that, and those who are tearing up their documentation on board airplanes. There has to be a reason for that. All these refugees should be guarded, vetted. Some could be ex-convicts or prisoners released to free up prison. Um, in their home countries, I suppose you're saying. Totally agree with the house, with housing families fleeing Ukraine, but undocumented single males not screened from across the world is unacceptable. Interesting text, but again, as was said to me, what about if it were undocumented single females not screened from across the world? Would that be as unacceptable? Or would the beat be acceptable if they were a female? Is it the fact that they're male? And if so, why? So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Just um, as a by the way, let me just lighten it up for just a couple of seconds, if and you don't mind. Neil's five-star giveaway. With Sound Store. Celebrate the Black Friday event at their superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. So at this stage, we know three voices. It's worth €10,000 cash, and you can spend it in Soundstore at Market Green Retail Park. Now, the three voices that we know heretofore are the second voice, Angela Lansbury, the fourth voice, Laura Whitmore, and the fifth voice, Niall Horan. But the first and third voices remain to be guessed. So they would be the voices that say, I, and the voice that says, Cork. All five voices say, I love Cork's Red FM. So have a listen again, right? Have a listen to this. I love Cork's Red FM. I and Cork's. They're the two words. Pick up the phone 0818104106. We'll have another blast of callers and see if we can get a winner. We also know at this stage um, that many people think that the third voice is 
female. I don't. An extra hint for you there. Many people think that the third voice is female. I don't. All right. You have to guess all five to win the money, not just the voices that are missing. Okay, so when you come on and you have a go, give me all five. If you get the five correct in the right order, I'll give you 10 grand. Okay, so pick up the phone on that 0818104106 and we'll start calls just after 11 o'clock this morning. Can I just update on another topic that we've been dealing with recently? And that is... um, not possible because I can't get a phone. Oh, I have it now. There it is. Paddy O'Brien was doing some work on our behalf with regards to a lady uh, out in the Blackpool area who looked as if she needed some help and some intervention. You might recall that from back end of last week's program. Um, Paddy, from time to time, does intervene on people's behalfs when I hear of the stories like these on the air. And this one is no exception. So I have an update from him this morning. Paddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And I know, and I know you could have given the update on Monday, but I just, I just didn't get around to it. So my apologies. Yeah, no problem. Well, things are um, improving, thankfully. The wheels are in motion. Now, I said at the beginning that this lady was living in appalling conditions. The worst I've ever ever seen. The worst. Um, are you ever, in a position ever. to describe what you saw? Oh, yeah, I'm quite easy. It opened the door, and there were bags of rubbish. It was inside and down the house. There was everything was on the floor, rubbish, what have you. Still bags and stuff. She had a sheet on, on the a sheet of the floor. Uh, she told me she was asleep. Sleep that I went over around the sink unit. Just deplorable. It was filthy. I don't know. How, I don't know how she lived in the house. Quite honestly, and the cleanest part of the house was what the fireplace. Yeah. The fireplace because she never, and um, she was there. Well, now she never used it. Was she like? Has she did she have power? Was she cooking for herself or eating or anything? Um, <laughs> a little bit only. Well, what's happening now? Um, the wheels are in motion, and she's going to start getting wheels and wheels. She's going to get a, ho- a home help. The house will be t- all cleaned up and tidied up. And her bed upstairs will be brought downstairs. Now, she has agreed to all this. And, he, and nobody can do anything for her unless she cons- consents to it. And she says, she said that she's, she's, she's happy enough with that. And is she now, relieved another, that people want to help? She is, yeah. She is, yeah. Another problem, a major problem I have is that the door is locked. The door is unlocked or broken, rather. The lock on the door is broken. It's just falling off on the inside. So when I, and actually going out the door this morning minute to meet when Seamus rang me, um, the lock. Now I rang the city hall. I you interviewed me on last Wednesday week today. I rang the city hall that day. I still hadn't heard from them. I think the wheels move very slowly. Is it a council there. property? Yeah, those council property. And I said that it was um, very urgent. This lady can be attacked. Can be robbed. Um, and it, it should be. I never even got a, a call back, so I'm going to start off again this morning. Is she able to cope, Paddy, though? <clears throat> not really, and she's feeble. She's a bit, She's not in good health. I put this way. She's in good health, and um, and I think she would be sort of a very late, a very late seventy years of age. Right. Okay. Uh, n- okay. Not 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 in good health on 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 medic on medication, but I mean, um, how she's lasted for this length of time, I just. Don't know. I know. I know. I know. A, as I said last week in your program, that there are over five five thousand people living on their own in Cork, and they're all people who are isolated, and they're very, very, very vulnerable. And this is what this is where the neighbours have a very, very important and uh, role to play. And we should all be more vigilant in relation to our elderly people. Okay. And uh, no, no elderly person will come to the door and ask for help. You've got to knock on the door and try and help a person, you know. But I, I was saying, telling Seamus that 
and all the years I've been on your program and highlighting various issues. This one last week, this lady last week, the amount of people I've met would say, how are you getting on with? Mention her name. How are you getting on? Everywhere, everywhere I go, it was this on the street. Um, Ask me about that. So I'm glad that the wheels in motion, things are going to improve. Oh yes, one thing we're... Okay, if you have another point, hold on to it until after 11 because I'm over time right now and I want to wrap it up properly, Paddy. So please just uh, hang in there for about 10 minutes' time. Back after 11, lads. 104 to 106, Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Okay, my apologies there to Paddy Brown. I just ran out of time. Incidentally, just an update there. I got a lovely text, Paddy, from a chap who says to me, I'd be happy to supply that lady in Blackpool with all her firewood for the winter and beyond. I'm a small oh, operator in Town, and I'd love to help. Isn't that a lovely gesture? And that's good. That, and Noosestown is a good bit from Cork, but that must be over 30 and, miles from Cork. And we'll deliver on everything, so I can pass on the details and the information. But there are something, you, I just interrupted your mid-flow there before I let you go, but one of the things you were going to tell me was that there are issues with regards to the door lock and also oh, yes. some yes. wiring yes. issues in the house, is it? Yeah, what, what we're looking for is this. She has a television um, with about a year and a half she's a television and it was never connected for her a brand new television I'm looking for somebody who will be able to set it up for, for her Right. Um, that's number one and um, the door lock is a major problem because the outside of the lock is damaged as well I mean they have to put in a, a new lock but uh, obviously this poor lady she is very nervous at night she's scared at night and, um, Her front door is open all the time. It's Eddie. open the whole time. We need that's to get right, a locksmith on board to just sort why, that out. That is why you asked me and and our last conversation not to mention the area. Yeah, and that's very important. You know, um, yeah. I would just say that it's okay. near. It's so near somebody to set up all. the television and some locksmith just to fit a new lock and to give her a proper key so she can be safe exactly. inside. Exactly. Meals and wheels are sorted as well, and the public health nurse is going to call in regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if there's anything else she needs, make sure we hear about it and we can try and That's help right. in that And regard. can I just say again, in relation to people living in fear, I want to thank sincerely Tony Highland. Yeah, great Low, guy. Low Road. Last week, he provided, he fitted two alarms, one in Ben Lock and one in Douglas. And I thank him sincerely Incredible, for that. Yeah. He's always doing yeah, that, isn't and, he? And the greatest problem, the great, one of the greatest problems now that uh, the elderly are experiencing at this point in time is living in fear. They're nervous. A lot of people, elderly people I know who go to mass in the morning, they're not going. Why? Yeah, well, you, you know. They're, 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 they're faced, they're So thanks to Tony Highland. You're afraid staff. they'll be robbed when they're gone to mass because you think, you see, I don't want to be alarming people that, that they're being watched, is it? But that they they, 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 they are being watched. And um, I know not too far from where I'm living, about two years ago, this lady was going to Mass, and this chap pulled up in his car and asked, well, how do I go to such a place? And she gave him the directions, and he passed her mark something like, oh, you're out early. Oh, she said, I go to Mass every morning. And the following morning, she came, house, came home, and her house was broken into. I know. And people are nervous to go. People are going to elderly people are not going to their bingo sessions. They're not going to their weekly community association, weekly dues. People are living in fear and they're living in fear, which is a major problem. You won't be happy to hear this text that just came in. Morning, Neil. I was passing the post office on the Bandon Road this morning when an elderly woman came out of it. Two men immediately approached her, one at either side of her. One was trying to distract her while the other attempted to take her bag. I started beeping my horn and reported it to the bridewell. The guys came towards me shouting and roaring at me. 
See? Oh, that, that is that's absolutely awful. That is the fear. That is the fear that people have now. They're afraid to go out. Who and are they? Leave. Why are they doing that's, this? That's, what, exactly. Like, I mean, oh, that's just 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 awful. And so I that's just the this morning at the Bandon Road Post Office. And then you heard the story of the eighty-five-year-old inside in bed in the Scahard Road, woken yes. up by two characters yes. at the end yeah, of the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I will make in contact with. I will make contact with him. Uh, in the next day or two, I'll visit him and I'll find out what the situation is in regards to uh, a say, um, an alarm. Perhaps if that man had an alarm, uh, those people would fail to get into the house because if they get him through a window or a hall door, know, the alarm would have gone off. So I'll speak to Tony Highland again about that. Yeah, I know, I know. But there are people of living, living, living in fear. It's now a major problem. Uh, years ago, I'd be talking about people can't live on their, their, their old age pension, but now it's the greatest problem is fear. Why are you keeping cash, though, Paddy? I mean, and, and no disrespect now to anybody, and this misfortunate yeah. man inside in bed, it turns out he had €4,300 inside in the house. Yeah, and no matter what you said to these people, they won't change their mind. You remember, and you highlight, uh, Red FM were very involved with a case of Jerry up in... Um, up there, off of uh, off of Blarney Street, mm. um, last year at seven o'clock on a Sunday morning, mm. when a fellow went into the house and uh, stole a thousand euro. Yeah, and that, that's typical. There are people, I want lots of them, but there are people out there uh, for some reason or other. They're just keeping money in in the house. Yeah, I know. I know. And people listening listen to the program should try and do everything for them, but. It's just something, something that. Um, Good job, Good um, job, well done, Paddy. Yeah. Hold on there, Alan yeah. Morley. Alan Morley um, is uh, has a company that does exactly what we might want with regards to the television issue. Alan, good morning. Uh, hi, Neil. How are you? Good stuff. What do you do, Alan? Yourself, uh, Pat Morley and Sons. Uh, well, we're aerial and satellite installers, so anything really to do with people's televisions and their needs associated with that, really. Okay. This, this, you're very kind to say that you will help sort that woman's television connection, get her TV working. Yeah, I'd be happy to call at a time tomorrow as that that's convenient to her, maybe, uh, and get her TV services up and running, um, if that suits. That would absolutely suit. Well, what happens? Is that free to air? How does it work, like the channels that she would have, I'm wondering? Uh, well, she could have free to air. She could have Serview. I suppose it will be based on what she wants herself, really. Yeah. Um, and her own ability to access channels as well. So um, we'll keep it as simple as possible for her. But if she wants a number of channels, we can provide that as well. A nice, her. simple system would be fantastic. Thank you so much for your kindness and your generosity, Alan. That's very kind of you. No problem, Neil. How do you, you concur? Oh, that's wonderful. You know, that's got to mean so much now to her. The company and television. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, obviously, Seamus will get a contact yeah, number for me. I can do that. Okay. Alan, thank you so much. I'll pass on the details to you and to Paddy O'Brien and you can work out a time that suits. All right. No problem. Glad to help, Neil. Have a good day. You too, Alan. Thank you so much. Thank Alan you Morley much, from Alan. Pat Morley's. And another one here just to text in straight away there, Paddy. I can fix the door lock for that lady. I don't want to go on air, but if you send me the contact number for that man, Paddy O'Brien, I will organise the new lock and key straight away. All right? Andrew That's Murphy marvelous. will do the Thanks door lock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll swap, the, I'll swap thank, the numbers Neil, with thank, Neil, thank you sincerely. All just right, for now. But all the problems down through That's the years right. and years that you, you, you've helped me with... Be, be, 
the Same background doing great work and I appreciate that very much indeed you're very kind look after yourself my friend take care and I got your letter as well about my, my late aunt Mary Martin you're so kind yeah. would have been my yeah. mother's sister who passed away a, a, well. a, lo- a lovely lady yeah. a lovely lady yeah. you were a regular indeed. visitor yeah. to the house in, in Madden's buildings <coughs> when you were in short pants despite well, us I was I tell you what it was my father Paddy, we called him Paddy because we thought he was our uncle yeah. Paddy and English my, father, my grandfather yeah Paddy English I mean, when, when my father came to Cork Back in 1921, 1922, he lived in, in, in digs in um, Madden's buildings. Go away. And um, he was very friendly with the Englishes. And when I made my first tour at communion, it, the first port to call after the North Cathedral, that awful Saturday morning when I was eight <laughs> years of age, down to the English household, met Mr. and Mrs. English, Mary, Eileen, your late mother, and Pat Joel, all the mercy. And we, we were regular visitors. And Mr. English, Paddy English, was my father's best friend. And did he give you a couple of bob for the communion? Oh. <laughs> he did. He did. But I had, I had, I had not. My mother, <laughs> my mother told us it was dangerous for small boys having money in their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> the cuteness and of mothers. Mrs. Well, listen. Mrs. English was a lovely lady. She I think was. she came from Cork McSherry, was it? Uh, no, I think um, they would have been Limerick. Some. Different parts, of, yeah, uh, yeah. different parts of Limerick. Um, we, they, were, they were great friends. They were great friends. Well, I remember that day. That day, that just, that Saturday morning, wet and cold with my late brother, my twin brother. Well and my mum said, my mother said to me, we must go down now and say to Madden's buildings. I went off to the house and we had a cup of tea in the house. Well done, There was right. no such thing then as rushing off to a hotel, right? No. And Mr. English and Mr. English there were very kind to us and the family were there. So all my life, we were associated with Pad Job. We were good friends and your mum. And <clears throat> the last time I saw you, I used your mum many years ago. She was a great volunteer working for the um, Cancer Society. Yeah, yeah. And she was up in Marymount she was. doing voluntary yeah, work up yeah, there. Yeah. And I'm going to say one other thing when I finish. She used to go every year, she went to her tickets for the over 60s. She was a she huge fan. For her t- yeah. she, paid for her, she paid for the tickets. And she was the only person in court to write back to me and tell me how much she enjoyed it. Well, she was the lovely. only person ever in court. Isn't that lovely? You're so She kind. went with two other ladies and they'd go up to a house afterwards, have a cup of tea, and they'd compare notes. <laughs> they'd compare notes. And there were like three adjudicators, he should have got through and she just... Yeah, and there was, was a generation of people, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they would be judging their own competition. Yeah, could have been yeah, the over 60s, could have been the Eurovision or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And they'd go up to the house and she'd, she'd write me a note. Every year she wrote me a note taking me sincerely and because she had the great interest that they had in it thanks so much for those kind words all gone but not forgotten my Aunt Mary was the last of them but of course they live on through their sons and daughters I used to visit uh, Mary down in uh, in, St. Luke's home and she was gentle and her husband was a very good man and paid if I ever had a problem Joe Martin and I used to often visit before Mary went down there I'd I'd see her down at the post office of St. Luke's or Herlihy's shop St. Luke's she was a quite softly spoken lady. She walked along. She was just a lovely, lovely person. Yeah. A lovely person. Yeah, and the English, were, the English were lo- And no wonder I called them my cousins because they were lovely people. Well, no wonder <laughs> indeed. And they're lovely, kind words, Paddy. Look after yourself and thank yeah, you so thanks, much. Well, yeah. He's bye always bye. doing something bye bye. to help. Bye bye. He's just a giver, Paddy O'Brien. He's not a taker. He's just a giver. And that's great. That's resolved for the lady in Blackpool now. We've got the TV sorted and the door lock and a new key. So at least, hopefully, she'll sleep safer. Uh, inside and with the Meals on Wheels and the public health nurse and everything else that she needs 
uh, it'll be a better place for her. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. I just love the way people come together. That's incredible. Well done to Patty for the uh, Meals on Wheels and also for the public health nurse being aware. Um, City Council, of course, hang your heads in shame. An elderly woman in Blackpool with no lock on the front door and nobody thought that it was urgent or an emergency to get it done that day. Well, that's the way it goes. Uh, and also, not just with regards to, say, for instance, Alan Morley sorting out the television. Thank you for that, Alan. Or Andrew Murphy, who's going to do the lock and the new key and everything for the front door. But also to the little op- the small operator in Town, who's going to provide her with all of her firewood for the winter and beyond. That is a lovely, lovely gesture. And you're going out of your way to do that, so I really do appreciate it. Just staying on the kindness of people. Anne-Marie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's it going? What's the right term? Post-woman or post-person? Um, well, I think it's post-person, but I just get called post-lady or post-woman. Post-lady, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So what are you, that, they're morning runs, are they? Morning runs, yeah, they're morning runs. Okay. We're busy now. And what's your, yeah, and you'll be even busier in the weeks Black to come? Black Friday. Say, well, Black Friday is Black November now, so we're out all the time. Oh my God. Well, yeah. like, how would Black Friday in, in, impinge on your workload? Um, because the second you start ordering, then give it two or three days and that's, those packages are going to start coming through for us wherever you're ordering from. If people are posting them out or they come from England, wherever, we'll start getting them in in the next couple of days. I hope. Um, but yeah. it starts early in November. Yeah, I hope you have a van, have you? I have a van, yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> Rather than lugging around people's electrical equipment on your back. But anyway, yeah. you, you wanted to just talk and jump in on that elderly woman who were trying to help in Blackpool. Yeah, like I'd love to call down to her. I mean, I was so emotional listening to it. Because you see it all the time, you know, you see people door to door and you know who's on their own and you know who's not on their own. Um, but I wouldn't have anyone that desolate. And I just thought, God, that's just heartbreaking. I'd love to call down to her, you know, just to even to check in on her, you know what I mean? Or for a chat, I think some people just want to chat. I can you know, make that. I can certainly concern. make that happen if you want to do that from time to time on your route. I'd love if you did. I'd love you did because I'd have no problem because, you know, even if it made her more comfortable, I could leave on my little yellow jacket so she knows it's like I'm not coming into. I know. You know. Yeah. You know when they see someone, where they kind of get afraid when they see people they don't know at the door or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and um, in spite of Christmas time yeah. and also Black Friday and stuff like that, I'd say there's a lot of elderly people wouldn't get a whole lot of callers anymore and wouldn't even no. get a letter. You know what I mean? Neil, you'd actually see them waiting at their front doors. You'd see the curtain moving and you know they're waiting for you. And Unfortunately, they might be checking to see what it is before they open the door. No, oh, they'd, I see. No, yeah, they'd see. Yeah. They're, wait, they're waiting for you and you'll see and they'll have a chat and you know when somebody wants to talk because they'll start opening the letter in front of you. And then I know straight away that they want you to have a chat. And will you wait then for a while and Absolutely. have the chat? Absolutely. Oh, listen, I'm a chatterbox anyway, so <laughs> I'm kind of known for it. But um, yeah. you, you'll know when they start to, they'll say, oh, do you know who this is from now? And they'll start opening the letter at the door and you know then if they're an elderly person, they want a little chat with you. Uh, it's lovely start, that you stay though to yeah. chat with them. Oh, absolutely, we all would. Like, they might ask you where the roads are flooded. Uh, you know, in, in the winter time, they might say, have you been down such and such a road yet? Is it bad? And I'd say, it's bad. Like, I wouldn't yeah. do it today. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And that you can, lady you, you, in Blackpool, oh my God. But you can <laughs> get a like, sense that they just want to have a few words. They just want someone to talk to. Like, a lot of people have kids away. You know, some people, you know, might never have married and they're on their own. That's you true. You know, and you just, you just know yourself. That's true. You, you know if they're at the door. You might get offered a cup of tea. Um, I've done cups of tea over the years or, you know, a glass of Ribena, you know, this kind of thing. <laughs> in the summer, you might get a glass of Ribena at the door and you'll have a chat. 
That's lovely. Um, I'm glad to hear that people like you are still giving the time to people. I've, I've had all sorts of stories and you are right in what you say. More recently, it was two elderly sisters who never married and both of them lived in the family home all their life. One passed away then and the other misfortunate sister was left all alone in the world, you know? We're, we're, we're social creatures you know I mean obviously there's a few words but like most of us are social creatures and you know you kind of it's, it's lonely if you don't have someone to talk to it is you yeah. know and they probably all have you on the radio inside and then you're finished at 12 and then their chat is over I know you know what I, I mean yeah. no you Tough really them, put like. things in perspective well listen happy to pass on the details to you and oh you do can... absolutely tell them I'd be available I, I, I have smaller kids like but you know I would be able to come out any evening time to call somebody if That's you want to no kind. problem you're very no very problem. kind thanks for picking, getting in touch it'll make all the no difference problem. I'll pass on the details and thanks for okay. that have the chats thanks well done thanks Amory. good bye luck bye. and good luck with the bye. workload in the coming weeks thank you and thank, <laughs> no, thank you for getting things to people's homes safely well done oh no problem thanks bye, a lot bye. lines are open bye. 0818 104 106 and also can I just remind you that we also have another 200 euro voucher to give away this morning courtesy of ourselves and Michelle the Jewellers 60 years in business on side, a family-run business. The great Tim Keane heading it up there and has been for decades. They're right there on Patrick Street and as the man says himself, they're there for you this side of Christmas. You want to pop in and see if you can get a gift or whatever the case may be. So it's a 200 euro voucher every day this week. I'll explain exactly what's involved when we play the game in about 10 or 12 minutes time but it's your opportunity to get on the air. I only have the diamond suit from the deck of cards. 13 diamond cards from the deck of cards. Two callers on air, callers 9 and 10. Whoever gets the, who picks the highest diamond card from the pack wins the daily prize. Very simple, very straightforward. A 200 euro voucher. But you recall some time ago, I was talking on air um, about um, it being time to start preparing and baking and putting aside the Christmas cakes and the Christmas puddings. And we did all of that with Declan Bracken at the time. So maybe you've done it or maybe you're planning. Even I think if the cake is done, it's still not too late to be kind of topping up the Irish whiskey that goes into it. I mentioned now because at the time uh, I got a text in from Murphy Stout Whiskey and they said, hey lads, hope you're all well. If you'd like, we can give a few bottles of Murphy's Stout Whiskey for the Christmas cake makers, if you like. And last week, I didn't get to it last week. My apologies, just ran out of time. But the lads from Murphy's Stout Whiskey Company delivered some boxes of whiskey. When I say boxes, whiskey in boxes, as in maybe half a dozen. So we've got those to give away. Um, and just very quickly, Lloyd from Murphy's Stout Whiskey joins me by phone. Lloyd, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Great, my man. So what have you sent me? You've sent me friend or foe Irish whiskey, and you sent me yeah, what is... Lo- yeah, what one mayors, is- so the, the two mares is the expensive one, only I wouldn't be using that for Christmas. I cake. was just going to say that. The two mares <laughs> Irish whiskey is... The, I, I don't drink whiskey myself, but it's the most yeah. gorgeous bottle. This is this is uh, McSweeney and McCurtain whiskey, is it? Yeah, it is. It's in honour of Tomás McCurtain and Terence McSweeney, obviously, in 1920. They were both killed at the hands of the occupying force, Neil, but, you know, not, not delving too much into the history yeah, of it. Yeah. But we couldn't release in 1920 because of the lockdown, so we didn't release until this year. We released in your friend's pub in New York, in the Long Acre. That's right, in Tom McCarthy's pub. Yeah. yeah. How's it going, actually, those two whiskeys? Are That's they selling? Right, Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I'm after closing more businesses than them, and he's uh, a break at some stage, so hopefully this is the one. <laughs> This is this is payback time, is it? <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. God is good. Close more businesses than Nama. I love it. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So, so that's the two mares Irish whiskey. That's the expensive one. Friend or that's foe? It, yeah. What's so that one about? Friend or foe is the latest release. And it's a friend or foe. is the Mikey Collins, the 100-year anniversary of Collins was this year, so, you know, the question still remains in Irish history, was a friend that was a four that killed Michael Collins. So I love James came up with that name, to be fair to him. I love know. it. Where do you yeah. distill it? So, we, we bought casks about seven or eight years ago from a number of distilleries, from West Cork, right, to hold you up, as far as Bushman's Meal. So then, we removed the casks from there, and what we do, what, what we do is kind of unique to the Irish whiskey market, we've reduced them to what's called blood tubs, okay? Blood tub is a 32-litre cask, or approximately 32 litres, it doesn't have to be exactly. Yeah. And the, the process of that, it's seven times smaller than your normal 200-litre bush. And when it's reduced to the blood cask, it means, or the blood tub, it means it's hitting the wood seven times more, so in essence, it's maturing it a lot quicker. It comes out a totally different taste to what it would out of a 200-litre cask. So I suppose it's, it's unique to the market. That's the, that's the technical part of it, so... That's the technical part of it, yeah. So at Tipper- Tipperary Boutique Distilleries, we're all of our whiskey. Our most of our whiskey, we still got some in West Cork. So we, we, we're trying to keep the Cork connection. But what, where we're uh, releasing it from at the minute is Tipperary in... I um, started Tipperary Boutique Distillery, just outside Care. And are these now, these, both these whiskies, the two mayors and indeed friend or foe, are they in off-licenses and in pubs and restaurants? No, and uh, um, Singleton Super Value and Holly Hill. Neil are the only uh, people that have the friend or foe because they're, they're, they'll be friends of mine along, so it's like keep it local, as I said. But um, the, the two mayors, unfortunately, is hitting ludicrous money on the, the likes of the Whiskey Bitters actions. We're talking 700 euros plus. Oh, because so, it's a limit, because it was a limited run, is it? Yeah, it's a three, 300 uh, bottle release, and uh, the friend of four is only 500, so... What? You know, there's, there's, there's still a few out there, though, there's still a few there. So what are you going to do next, there. like? You need to start ramping up. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 our next release will be 2,000 bottles, so... Due to the success of these two releases, you know, it's time to get bigger. So. Ah, that's incredible, so isn't it? Ah, sure is. That's sure incredible. Is. So. All right, and so... Fairness, your friend... Oh, I'm sorry, no, Tom, Tom rolled it out in New York, wasn't it? Yeah, you were going to say. Yeah, he did. And he was able to give two high-list, A-list celebrities, the likes of Craig, or, um, Daniel Craig, 007. He got bottle number 007 <laughs> of two mirrors. And Rod Stewart got his own personally designed bottle in honor of Glasgow Celtic because he's a Celtic fan. So. Well done, and thank you. I also got a bottle of it. It's very song. kind of you. I'm yeah. Never going to open it. I'm gonna, just going to look and admire oh, yeah. it. That's, that's your grandchildren, Neil. That's it. Just another one, my friend. They can probably sell it in years to come. So, what <laughs> yeah, we have to give away is the friend or foe, um, and yeah. people can either have a sip of it or add it or bake the Christmas cake with it, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too up on the bacon out uh, Neil, I would be the wife's department. <laughs> I'd burn water for you. So. You're great with the one-liners, I can tell you that. From the man who closed more businesses than Nama. This is payback time for you. Well done to you Absolutely, and to uh, to everybody. And listen, thanks for the couple of bottles. I give them away just before midday, all right? If there's more need, then Neil, get to Kevin or any resources to ring us any day, but there's no, there's no panic whatsoever. Okay, there's one for everyone in the audience. <laughs> Not really, but there's one for everybody in Red FM's audience. All right, Lloyd, look after yourself, my man. Cheers, and thanks for coming on board. All right, some beautiful bottles of whiskey. He's a gas man. Murphy Stout whiskey for the Christmas cakes, lads, or whatever else you want to use it on just before midday today. Okay, uh, let's get stuck into our diamond dilemma for Michelle the Jewelers after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. 
And it's that time again, ladies and gentlemen. Diamond Dilemma with Michelle the Jewelers on Patrick Street with a 200 euro voucher to give away every single day. You can spend it on whatever you choose. They're 60 years in business, family run, and you can also check out their full range, michellethejewelers.ie, for exactly what they're stocking this Christmas time. So, Valerie's in the Glen. Good morning. Hi, yeah. How are you? I'm well. And Robert Minahan, not sure where you are. Where are you, pal? Uh, you're not, not actually. You're, you're, up, you're, you're upstairs yeah. painting a bedroom or something, are you? Well, I downstairs painting. See, yeah. And did did herself, your better half, say, "Get on the air, she win shows. me that voucher"? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Let's yeah, see no, if we can make that happen, Valerie. Hi. I think you'd be more inclined to keep it for yourself, would you? <laughs> I would. I'm. I'm mad to get a. You know, the portrait necklace. Of no. my grandmother, so that's what I'd get. What would that be? Is it a necklace with a little picture of your granny in it then? With a, a picture, yeah. How much do they cost? Oh, they're about two, three hundred. All right, well, you never yeah. know. You might get one for the price of the 200 euro voucher. you got to win this first, all right? So I have the 13 cards from the diamonds in the deck of cards. And seeing as you're first up here, Valerie, give me a number between 1 and 13. Whoever gets the highest card wins. Eight. Number eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh my God! What would you like it to be? A winner. <laughs> it's the Queen of Diamonds. <laughs> it's the Queen of Diamonds. So, Robert. Okay, yeah. You've got to beat the Queen of Diamonds. Give me a number. Oh, that's good. Um, give me number nine, my unlucky number. Number see. nine, you're saying to me. Okay, you want to go one higher. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten of diamonds. Oh my god. Oh, Your That's girlfriend's going to murder you. Oh, yeah, so bad. <laughs> get back to the. Get back. Well, you're very kind. Congratulations is right. Get back to the painting, Robert, all right? Bye. Thank you. Well done, Valerie. The Queen of Diamonds wins a 200 euro voucher. So that necklace with the little pendant and the little picture of your granny is only one step away. It'll be great. Thanks so much. Well done. Delighted for you. Congratulations. Thanks so much for playing uh, Diamond Dilemma, courtesy of ourselves and Michelle the Jewellers on Patrick Street. We'll do it again tomorrow with another €200 Euro voucher uh, to give away. So well done to all concerned. Now, our phone lines are also open for your opportunity to scoop a €10,000 prize, courtesy of ourselves and Soundstore. We've got €10,000 worth of anything you want to buy in Soundstore in their brand new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park. So, we're going to set that up. Our phone lines are open on 0818104106. Five voices. We know of three of them. We know of Angela Lansbury, Laura Whitmore and Niall Horan, but there are still two that remain on guests. So get dialing on that on 0818104106. I'll just give you an eight to it again. You're probably distracted from it at this stage. I understand. I love Cork's Red FM. I love Cork's Red FM. But voice number one and voice number three are still unidentified. You know, I was talking earlier on this morning um, about uh, the elderly and issues that they have to deal with in their lives or how sometimes they need our help. Um, you know, notwithstanding, there are an awful lot of independent people of a, an elderly age. But I did get a very disturbing email in from a person who was listening recently and said, I was listening to the stories regarding the elderly. And I'd like to tell you my own experience with my grandparents. Uh, My relative's marriage broke up a few years back because what we now know was coercive control of his wife. So 
So when the marriage broke up, this relative moved in with my grandparents. Shortly afterwards, my grandmother's neighbour alerted us to trouble in the home. It transpired that he was rough with my grandparents and would shout at them at two in the morning when they would get up to go to the toilet, for instance. He would have the entire neighbourhood awake with all of his shouting. My mum tried to intervene, but was caught by the throat and thrown to the ground. My mum ended up in A&E after him, but would not press any charges for fear he would take things out even more on Gran and Grandad. Before my granddad passed away, he would often sit on the side of his bed crying in fear of your man coming home from work. When my granddad did eventually pass away, things got worse for my grandmother. At this point, Gran was blind, couldn't walk, and was in the early stages of dementia. My relative would feed my gran the same dinner six days in a row, a pot of stew that resembled veg in coloured water, and the pot would remain on the table the entire time. There were also unexplained marks on her body, and at one stage she was left out in the sun for hours on end with no sunscreen, sun cream I should say, just left to burn. A number of carers who would regularly visit spotted things were not right and reported the fact to their employer. So they were carers working for a care company. They were advised not to do anything as it was a matter for my family to be dealing with. The guardee said they couldn't do anything unless we could prove the relative was lifting a hand. A social worker was eventually sent to the house. But when they asked Gran if she was okay, she said she was. My relative was in the room at the time, you see. Not long afterwards, when the situation progressed even more, we seized an opportunity to get Gran out of the house and went to court to be granted power of attorney for her own safety. She sadly has since passed away, but my relative remains in the house. He had the will changed before she passed and everything went to him. So as you can see, the system has left us down greatly. And the worst of all is that Gran couldn't pass away in her own home because of this monster. Now, that is one of the more alarming emails that I've received in a long, long time. The system, so many people have failed in this. So many. And I'm not going to be pointing fingers at the family because I'm quite sure there's more to the story. Um, and you, you thought you were doing the right thing. So I understand, you know, that you probably live with regrets that you could always have done more. But certainly um, carers reporting it to their employer. Gardi saying that they couldn't deal with it unless you could prove that it was him, a social worker um, who went and visited and didn't ask to speak to her on her own, your gran. Your man should not have been in the room at the time. Or even when all of those things didn't work, surely common sense would dictate that things were not right and somebody could have intervened and made all of the difference. Uh, it's just so tragically sad on so many different levels that people in the later stages of their lives could have spent the later part of their year living in such terror. Um, and don't even start me on changing the will. That was obviously coercive control and forced to change the will. Um, and everything ultimately went to him. Is there any is there any luck, is there any kind of karma in life where it would come back on somebody like that at, you know, at some stage? I often wonder, people believe in karma. I'm not so sure all of the time. Actually, you know, talking about wills and talking about legal matters, very sad news this morning. It's just breaking now that the solicitor Richard Grogan uh, has passed away. He passed away this morning. And Richard appeared on this show over the past number of years. And he's a very, very likable guy and you really cut through all of the BS with regards to law 
and your legal rights. And, and he passed away this morning. And he would always give people advice, free advice online. He had an Instagram page and everything where he was constantly answering questions. He was named Lawyer of the Year less than a week ago. And it's very sad news this morning to hear that he tragically, um, I don't know whether he was unwell for a period of time or whatever, but he passed away this morning. So that's sad news indeed, so it is. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Okay, also there's a very another sad death on, on Lee's side uh, over the past few days. I only heard yesterday that uh, the great reporter Michael Ellard passed away on Saturday and he really was, in the true sense of the word, a, a legend. He loved his sport and he could write about any sport. It could have been hurling or football or soccer. And he wrote for decades and decades with the Echo and the examiner going way, way back. And it's a sad death because he was a great friend to many people. It was always great to catch up with him. He loved his city and he loved his county, uh, not just on a sporting fields, of course, but also just the whole city itself and the history of it and the culture and the people of it. And uh, it was always great to meet him because it was always great to have an old chat with the late Mick Ellard, who died over the weekend. Very, very sad. Uh, and I thought so with uh, the family. Also, listen, oh, we shared already the um, petition for keep the marina market open. And I was looking at it there a while ago. There's almost 8,000 signatures up there now. Charlie Clark was on the air earlier. He set it up. Uh, and you know what? People power does make a huge difference. If you think that people in power who make decisions don't know about things like the public's reaction to things or that they don't know that there's a petition, you're wrong. They do. And they take the heat a lot of it. They take the temperature of a situation into consideration when they make decisions. So this could make a big difference. So the link to the petition is now up on our Twitter page. And you can just link. I did a little while ago. You just click the sign button. You fill in your name, your address, your email, your postcode and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and then you click sign and you're part of the petition then and people are doing it in their droves. So that link is up on my Twitter page now if you want to pop into it and um, save the marina market uh, and it's up there. You can go. It's, and if you want to find it yourself, it's it's uh, some of us, as in the some of us, S-U-M-O-F-U-S dot org. And within petitions, you'll find the marina. OK, so get it signed if you want to make a difference and keep it open or at least get the planning issue sorted so that the public can continue to enjoy it. Meanwhile... Five-star giveaway with Sound Store. Celebrate the Black Friday event at their superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. Okay, I'm just going to play it once now because otherwise it's going to be a wreck in your head. These are the five voices, right? I love corks. Red FM. Okay, so those five voices in the correct order will win you ten thousand euro cash, and you can spend it in Sound Store. They recently opened their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park. So what do we know? Well, we know. Angela Lansbury, the second voice. We know Laura Whitmore, the fourth voice. And we know Niall Horan, the fifth voice. Voices one and three remain unguessed. But I'm telling you, a lot of people think the third voice is female. I don't. Right? And I know the voices. Okay? So that's an extra hint for you. Right? I'll give another hint tomorrow if we're not getting any closer. But for now, let's just get to the phone lines. Karen, Brennan and McCroom, good morning. Hi, how are you? Okay, so give me all five now, even though we do know three. Because if you get all five right, I'll give you ten grand. Okay, Sheila Shoiga, Angela Lansbury, Greg O'Shea, Laura Whitmore and Niall Horn. I'm saying no to the two unguessed ones. They still remain okay. wrong. Okay, thanks a lot. Karen McCarthy and Laps Key. Hi, Neil, how are you? What do you think? Give me all five for ten grand. Uh, Brian Kennedy. Angela Lansbury, Donald Skeen, Laura Whitmore, Niall Horan. Unfortunately not. <laughs> 
Thanks all the same. Neves and Toka, good morning. Nikki Byrne, Angela Lansbury, Ruby Walsh, Laura Whitmore, Niall Horan. <laughs> I know, it's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Keep on trying. We'll try another few this side of midday, right? 0818 and away we go. I'll tell you what I do. I'll give Joe from Joe's hair son a guess at it and see if he wants to have a stab. Joseph! Good morning, my beautiful man. Uh, well, <laughs> you could make me beautiful. Have a Oh, Neil, you don't need to see on the powerful off and you're more beautiful every Well, day. I know I've had a haircut since you saw that last, so I'm a bit more I presentable. Your dogs are gorgeous, Neil. I love them. Well, one of them isn't mine. It's my son Luke's dogs, Luke and Danielle. I'm only kind of minding them. <laughs> yeah. You look as hairy as a dog when I saw you that morning. I'm much better now. I went much better now. <laughs> Have a listen to this, right? I love corks. Right. FM. Have a guess, 10 grand. Imagine if you won the 10 grand. You could give it to oh all God. of the people that you help year in, year out. Oh, lovely. And I keep 500 in for Dr. Muhammad for a bit of Botox. <laughs> um, Neil, um... Because <laughs> I don't know anybody that's a celebrity except myself. It isn't you, is it? In this no, I was, I was well guessed on that anyway. Listen, okay. I'll say no. I'll know to that. Oh, listen, it definitely is Christmas time because I see Hanley's, the garden centre at the Kinsale Road roundabout, just got their first delivery of Christmas trees. You're doing a big Christmas bash on the 11th, right? 11th of December, Neil, and it's going to be mega. We're doing um, the free haircut day as always. But we're having a big, with Pat Murray, John Gaffney, over in Flanders, we're having a big party in the Marquis. And we're having um, Santi coming from the North Pole, obviously. Obviously. We're having um, some choir singers. We're going to have Gerald Kearney, the magician. And we're going to have presents for all the boys and girls and the mothers. And then the time from Penny Dinner. So those that will yeah, go... Food all day, yeah. All compliments to Flanders. They're amazing. Isn't it incredible that they come on board with yeah. all of that food and the yeah, marquee great. and everything? So and the, oh, it's, the, it's for the residents and the children and the families of the likes of Edel House, Coon Lee, Edel House, Penny Dinners. Coon Lee, Good Shepherds, Penny Dinners, and then there'd be a few other people who would contact me privately. Well and what so. it is, free haircuts. Um, we get, I'm looking for volunteer hairdressers up the route there. And then we're going to have the presents for all the kids, obviously boys and girls, mammies and daddies, um, socks and things for homeless, you know, whatever we can get. Um, basically, food, fun day, um, guard escort for himself from the North Pole and the whole lot. It's Santa Claus come. It is. And do you need the public's help now as regards to presents or what have you? What I would love, I don't want, because things are tough on everybody at the moment, so I'm very, very conscious of that. So I'm going to a lot of companies, Drapeling, Floors, there, all of them are amazing. But if anybody could do a tie for, I know I'm saying like a Tipperary man, people say tie, that's like a T-I-E, but I'm saying T-O-Y, right? <laughs> toys. If they, if toys. If they could do a tie for a boy or a girl or a little set for... A tie, a tie, a that you, is it a tie you put around your neck, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. That's what I'm thinking. A tie? What do you want to tie? 500 ties arriving to the hair salon because exactly. you're from Tipperary. <laughs> I'm sure they'd love that. Um, Neely, I just, you know what I mean? Toys, right? I don't speak as good as Irish yet. I didn't get your education that this. You're lucky you didn't. It wasn't much of it um, to be going on with anyway. <laughs> boys and girls, Neely, mammy, daddy, something just to have down the day to give a present, but. And now this could be pain. If somebody is dropping in something, could they wrap it up and just put the age on it? Okay, so we're looking seriously, though. We're looking for donated wrapped presents for children aged yeah. 12 months to 15 or 16 years of age, yeah. Christmas wrapped. 
Yeah, and even very conscious of people out there now. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. And if there's money left over, if there's anything left over, we'll be buying back the coal and stuff for people. So it, it'll be because someone recently even gave me um, a thousand euros. That's you know I'll buy coal and stuff for that for families that need it as well. Isn't when it we're what, I see what comes in for. But neither the likes of Hanley's there now. Um, all these people are amazing to me. The support is fantastic. And is it a case that if people want to donate a toy or a present to bring it to the hair salon on Glashin Road? In, do you know what you can do now, Neil? And I know you know this place at Glashin Road, but we're small, a few bad came in already today, and body mechanics in Patrick's Wooden Mills are brilliant. They have an open line and are taking stuff in for us because they have So either room. there are body mechanics in the woolen mills. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Sounds to me as if you've got a lot of it already pre planned and it's rocking and ready to go for Sunday the eleventh of December. Maybe uh, it falls into place to sell people or me. Ah no, it takes a lot of work. You know, it takes a lot of work. Um, and Santa Claus is coming and the kids will all be looking forward to it again yeah. this year. So if anyone wants to donate a toy or a present or a gift from children aged twelve and months up to fifteen you know what there's no reason in the world that I wouldn't be around on Sunday afternoon the 11th of December I'd love to pop along yeah. I'd love to pop along you might get a free haircut you can look a bit you know what I mean disabled <laughs> shook shook is the word I mean, if there's any volunteers out there that want to help a barber or a hairstylist just to give my own staff a break on the day because it is a long day you know well, should they just give you a bell at the hair salon then, Joe's exactly, hair salon? Yeah. All right, okay. Perfect, yeah. I hope to God we'll be talking before that just to update again on how things are going yeah, and what I you need. Anything, my All right, Joe, mind yourself. Day, if you want to chat about life in general, I'll talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Thanks solve, very much. Solve the world's problems, the two of us, over a cup of tea. Donald Crowley's in Douglas. Donald? Hi, Neil. Fast guest. Go on. Ten Ladies grand. Ten. Have a go. Now, Danny LaRue. Laura Whitmore, Nigel, Nigel Horan, um, um, Angela Lansbury, and Maureen O'Hara. No, girl, lovely guesses, though. Some of the old-timers in there as well. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Let me see what okay, the story is with Laura. Nice. You're welcome, Laura, in uh, Passage West. Laura? Hi, how are you? Have a Catherine. go. Jack Charlton, Angela Lansbury, Michael Flatley, Laura Whitmore, Night Horan. Not today, I'm afraid, Laura. No, sir. My apologies. We still have those two on guests. One final one. Jer McCarthy and Douglas Jer. Come on, 10 grand. You can spend it in Soundstore. Go ahead. Hi, is it Lewis Capaldi, Angela Lansbury, um, Brian Dowling, Laura Whitmore, and Night Horan? And on it goes, and tomorrow will be another day for it. All five voices, please, in the correct order. We do know, we do know, Angela Lansbury, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan, but the other two. It will go, don't you worry, eventually they'll all be one. My apologies, a lot of texts have been coming in since the start of the programme this morning, an awful lot of them on migration, a lot of them on the marina market, and don't even start on Dunkettle and issues like that. So we'll pick up on that and all of the business in the morning. Have a good day. Oh, listen, lines are open. We have the whiskey to give away, courtesy. This is the whiskey that you can either have a sip of yourself or you can put it into the Christmas cake, courtesy of the Murphy Stout Whiskey Company. Get dialing for that uh, on 0818104106. Friends or friend or foe Irish whiskey, the single pot still. And it is um, bottled and sold here on Leaside. So I have them here in front of me. Get dialing for them. Please uh, treat the whiskey with respect and caution, would you? Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Tune in to the Neil Prendival Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.